Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Happy Sunday to all the gig economy workers out there, rideshare, food delivery, Instacart shoppers, whatever apps you do. Welcome to the live show that we do with Mr. Bet on You. I have a very special guest, Sergio, the senior contributor from the Rideshare Guy, will be with us tonight to have a friendly debate about legislation. He's going to bring some facts. We're going to talk about a lot of things that a lot of you guys have been talking about. But before I get too far, please one thumbs up in the chat that you guys could hear and see me okay before we and I start rambling. Appreciate everybody for being in here tonight. Happy Sunday to everybody. I see Gene, Fatah, Penny, the Gig Bell Tolls. Appreciate all you guys coming in. Scooter Bud, appreciate that. Thank you very much. We'll continue. So a lot of information, a lot of talk. Sergio is going to be on in about 10 minutes. And then I will uh, bring up the StreamYard link for people that want to join. So if you want to join in on a conversation with Sergio and I, after him and I talk about the thing. So basically tonight, as a lot of you guys know, I am at this point, okay, January of 2024. I don't like the legislation, but I also know that there that is helping a lot of people. You have different types of legislation. You have the Biden labor uh, department uh, trying to classify us as employees, but then you have what Seattle has. You have Prop 22, you have New York City with their own thing, right? And a, there's a there's a mixed bag of reaction and results based on what I see, based on what people tell me. Right. So we're going to dive into some of that. Right. Um, because I think Sergio brings some information and firsthand knowledge, but and also what he sees from the rideshare community, which is a little different than this community. A lot of rideshare in here, but a lot of food delivery and shoppers on my channel, Sergio has a really great pulse of the community in the rideshare. So the way those apps work is different. I think what people are are passionate about is also a little bit different. The rideshare community has to deal with things that us food delivery people don't. But the legislation sometimes tends to go into both worlds. So we're going to get into that tonight. Really excited to have Sergio on. Thank you. He'll be on shortly. And then we're going to have some other guests come on as well. The streamer link will be open. Please hit the thumbs up, share this content. I think this is going to be a knowledgeable, entertaining um, discussions that we're going to have tonight that could be very impactful, but it's also going to be a place where people can share their perspective based on their experience, based on their, their, their knowledge, based on the apps that they work, they can have their voice heard tonight. Happy Sunday to everybody. Happy Sunday to you. I hope you guys are making money. If you're out, I hope you're being safe. If you're listening, let us know in the chat. If you got your feet popped up on the couch with a drink in your hand, let us know as well. Hope you guys are ready for tonight's show. Now, I, you, you know, you hear a lot that's happening and a lot of things that I'm hearing are things that we were hearing even last year. I know that there's an impending uh, strike in the rideshare community on February 14th, Valentine's Day, a day where a lot of people take Uber and Lyfts. The Uber and Lyft community are outraged by these low fares and the, the, the rate that they're getting from the customer. I'll give you a quick example without showing any screen necessarily. The, a customer might pay $40 for a trip. And in some cases, that driver might only get 10, 12 bucks. The percentage of what Uber is keeping and what they're giving a the driver, Uber's keeping more, driver's getting less in some cases, in a lot of cases. And drivers are mad. There's a strike coming. Now, we talked about a similar strike that happened last year during Christmas, during St. Patrick's Day. There's one usually every year during uh, Thanksgiving, the night before Thanksgiving, certain holidays, New Year's Eve. We have these strikes and we see them pop up and they seem to be happening in major cities, California, New York, Chicago, big cities where there's millions of trips a day sometimes, right? So we're going to get into that because what does that do? 
I was in a live stream earlier with uh, Real Talk with Roy, and he had a passionate conversation with your driver, Ken, and a gentleman named Danny. They were talking about legislation. They're arguing both sides. Unions. Are we? Some people, a lot of people think we need unions. We need legislation. We need government coming in to regulate the gig economy companies so that we can make more. But will we make more in the long run? Tonight, I'll be playing the side of I don't want legislation. That's me, Pedro in St. Louis. But somebody in California, New York City, Chicago, a bigger city, and maybe Miami, maybe they have a different perspective, that they have a different voice, they have a different reason why they think that the legislation could help them. And in some places, maybe like Seattle, it's helping a lot of rideshare and food delivery drivers. So we'll get into those topics today. I want to show you one screen here before I um, give some shout outs to the chat. Um, let me see if I could do this one. Okay, so delivery workers want a mandated raise from New York City. So this has been going on for a couple of weeks, maybe a month and a half. Uh, now they say the apps figured out a way to undermine it. Okay, this is an article from Fast Company. There's a lot of articles kind of talking the good and the bad on both sides, right? Uh, I have some people in New York City that are shared with me some positive experiences. I've had ones that are friends of mine that are sharing negative experiences with the new New York City legislation, right? They're seeing less tips. They're seeing less opportunity. They feel like there's less freedom and flexibility. It's harder for them to schedule, right? So sometimes legislation comes in. It can be a win for a lot of people. Also, also it can be a loss for a lot of drivers. So that's what some of the things we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, let me see who we got in the chat. Uh, Uber GPZ, what's up, man? How you doing, brother? Trill, Cheeky Chops, Bud Soda, Cheeky Chops, uh, Mad Dash, Cray Cray, Gig Gal, Gene, Gig Work Mom. Appreciate all you guys for being here. Juan. Um, let's see, let's see. Dash across America, Chuck. What's up? What's up, Bud Soda? Dash your life, Hawaii. What's up, man? I appreciate you, Ron. Real talk, uh, Christina. Hello, Shel, uh, Shell Jones, Sergeant Bricks. Appreciate all of you guys for being here. Gig Tube. These strikes don't do don't do diddly. Well, some people would argue that they do help, right? Some would argue that. We're going to talk about. It. We're going to get into some of that tonight. Um, Brian, I appreciate all you guys for being here. Hit the thumbs up. Rookie Chef, I see you, my friend. Um, what's up, Pedro? I'm listening. Let's keep it real, brother. Always keeping it real, man. And you know what I love about this community of content creators, uh, what I love about you guys is we don't always have to agree on things. But what we can stand on is our perspective. We can stand on truth. We can stand on facts. I know Sergio will bring some facts tonight. right? Sergio is a numbers guy. If you don't know, he's a senior contributor. He helps... Um, do a lot of great content on the Rideshare Guys channel, right? Um, there's a lot of information on that channel. I'm a little more of the entertainment side. I share you my perspective with real numbers on my side. They kind of over there have a pulse of a bigger community. A lot of the Rideshare drivers, Uber GPZ runs a really real channel over there. He gives his perspective with real numbers, showing you real things, right? So I love that we can bring different perspectives, different markets, right? maybe even sometimes a different way of working the app so we can come together and give you guys uh, dialogue in, in a respectful, good way. And we're going to do that tonight. The StreamYard link will be open after Sergio and I have our debate, our conversation, right? Um, our difference of opinion on certain things. I'll play one side, we'll play one side, right? I think there's a lot of things that we'll probably meet on the middle end, but there's some things, I'm just going to say it, I don't want legislation. But I also realize it is helping some people. I think we can't forget about that. I think a lot of us, we worry about the freedom and flexibility being taken from us. I don't want to schedule, Pedro. I don't want to be an employee. 
I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want I don't want to have to take every trip. If I'm an employee, am I going to have to do that? I don't know because we're not yet. A lot of people are worried about maybe not a lot, but enough. March 11th, I think. Right. The Department of Labor and Biden administration trying to make us employees or whatever. I am not worried about that at all. Not right now. Not today. A lot can happen in the next few days from now till March. A lot. Something could happen tomorrow. I sit on the side of I don't worry about things that I don't control. I control myself. I control my movements. I control what I accept and decline in my app and my car. Some would say that's very selfish. Pedro, what about the driver struggling? I don't know. I'm not them. They offer a different perspective. But at the end of the day, my stance is if we become employees long term, I think it will hurt us. It will take opportunities away from a majority of us. That's what I believe, because a lot of us, I think, that want to strike do this 40 to 80 hours a week. And the ones that I've heard of that don't want legislation, don't strike, are actually the majority because most people that do gig apps, whether it's ride share or food delivery, don't do it that often. They do it for side side money. They don't they don't do it for uh, uh, full time. They do a part time because they have another stream of income. They have a W two. They're doing this to make the ends meet, and it usually works out for them for the amount of time that they need it. So that's what the show is about tonight. I don't want to keep you guys too long with rambling. We'll bring Sergio up right now. And we'll get into some of the topics. All right, so let me bring them up. Sergio, how are you tonight? Good, good. How are you, Pedro? I'm doing great. Let me change the screen. Okay, I think that looks a little bit better. All right, so yeah. let's talk about some of the things. I know you're obviously in Cali, California, right? Um, and I know that you know a lot about Seattle. So I want to I want to get your perspective on that. I want to get your opinion on the New York City regulations. And what what you're seeing or what you're hearing, if anything, about that, get your opinion on that. Obviously, I don't want the legislation. I think some people in the chat might want it. Some people don't. But I want to break your break your mind and, and, and have this conversation with you and see where you lie. So what are some of the things that you like about legislation? Let's start with that. maybe. OK, um, to start with, I am not a huge fan of the government. OK, um, but unfortunately, these companies brought all this upon themselves. Uh, there is on that subject. I will debate until tomorrow morning with you. Um, look, we all know. I mean, the, you know, the ride share and delivery space are not that different these days. It used to be quite a bit of a difference. Um, you know, these days, look, the other thing is, you know, all your chat, all the people in your chat, they need to have a reality check as a ride share driver. That's why we're trying to tell our community of 175,000 subs now. You need to have a reality check. I mean, you need to question what you're doing. Why are you doing it? And would you be better off, you know, exchanging your so-called flexibility and freedom with a, you know, job that pays you minimum wage or less in your state? And, you know, to me, that reality check is a must. One. Two. Um, again, I said I'm not a huge fan of the government, but at this point. Neither am I. I think that's something we probably. Uh, uh, but at this point, Pedro, you know, with the companies paying. I mean, look, we know the trend in rideshare as well as delivery, right? I mean, let's call it, you know, base fares. We know what has happened to base fares over the last six, seven years. Nothing but down, right? I mean, on the, I do quite a bit of deliveries myself. I enjoy it. It's my relaxing time. I kind of, you know, reply to some of the YouTube comments or whatever when I'm doing yeah. it because I'm super cherry picker when it comes to deliveries. Um, you know, it, 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 I mean, I can't work for $2. Look, I can't take a burrito for $2 in my two-ton car. It's just not going to happen. Uh, you know, I mean, We'll talk about New York, obviously. We'll talk about the other states. But yeah. so with that caveat that I'm not a huge fan of the government, these these T 
TN, well, TNCs, you know, transport network companies and DNCs, delivery network companies, they need a break check. And the government and legislation and possible regulation is their break check because unchecked, we, look where we got, right? You remember your days of uh, base fares of $5 minimum. Now your you know, base fares are $2 minimum. I mean, I'm seeing some trips that are less than $2. What can I do for, I can even buy a pack of gum for less than $2. What are we doing here, right? Yeah. So unchecked, this is what the game plan of these companies is. And they're going to keep doing it until there is some resistance, until they're brought to the table. So I don't know if you know who Josh Gold is. Josh Gold is head of Uber legislation, okay? He was the guy, actually, that signed the contract, with, you know, the, the the settlement with the New York AG after seven years, right? I have spoken to him personally, and you know this is what he wants. Um, he goes, Sergio, look, you seem like a reasonable guy. Uh, all we want out of all this, look, if you guys bring legislation that's like um, going to make everybody employees, we're going to fight with everything I have, we have, and we're going to kill it. No right. some thoughts about it. Right. But you know, we will come to the table and talk to you people um, as long as you guys are willing to stay independent contractors. So we ran a survey on our channel. All three thousand people voted. I mean, it's a small sample size. I get it. But yeah. out of 85% of all the respondents said we want to stay independent contractors. Right. 15% said we want to be employees. Okay, good. And that's what the companies are saying as well. DoorDash is saying the same thing. Grubhub, Uber, Uber Eats, Lyft, they're all saying the same thing. But we also ran uh, a concurrent survey with that question, which was, do you think you are being treated truly like an independent contractor. On that one, the opposite was the case. 70% yeah. said, nope, I don't think I'm an independent contractor. 30% said, yes, I'm an independent contractor. So there is this dichotomy. There is this conflict between those two things, right? And my, my thing about legislation is bring these companies to the table because that's the only way they're going to come to the table and discuss rates like or benefits like Seattle. Let me ask you, you know, this. what when happened, you say, what happened you say, in New York City, right? So that's, 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 that's my, you know, that's my um, push towards legi proper legislation, by the way. And lastly, I'll finish with this is a lot of legislatures, they don't drive like, you know, Stephanie V. Hill in, in Denver, right? She was a driver. She knew what she was talking about. She brought a very clean bill with not much, really nothing to do with earnings, nothing to do with base fares. What did the companies do? They killed it. Yeah. Same thing in Minneapolis. They killed it. These are powerful, powerful companies. And, and in order for them to come to the table and talk some sense, we need to also educate the legislators because these people write laws that are completely against what these companies want to do. So you have to have some sort of a give and take, right? You have to give up some things to receive some things. And that's where legislation is going to be necessary. Otherwise, these people are going to screw the driver on the rideshare side and the delivery side all they want. Well, the companies will definitely do that. When, let me ask you a question. When you say we got to get them to the table with proper legislation, what does that look like in your opinion? And also, second part to that question, do you think we're at the table with proper legislation right now in some cities? In some cities we are, in some cities we're not. Look, the, the companies, all they want, I'm telling you, this is from the horse's mouth, and I'm allowed to say this on your channel and i said it on our channel that's what the companies want the companies want let's start the conversation with one thing you guys need to give up your collective bargaining rights you guys need to give up 
unionization. We want you to stay independent contractors because our business model cannot support 20 million employees. It's just no, not it can't. And that also coincides with the community's voice of them wanting to stay independent contractors. Look, that's their problem. That's the workers' problem. For one reason or another, people want to do this. Okay. For one reason or another, they want to stay independent contractors. Have they done their numbers? Do they look at profitability? Why do they do it? Everybody has their own reasons, and we're not going to get into any of that. But look, community says we want to stay independent contractors. The companies say we want all of you stay independent contractors. So there is like a meeting of the minds there, right? And and now all we have to do is introduce proper legislation for the companies to come and negotiate. Same thing happened in Seattle. Same thing is happening right now. In fact, tomorrow, not tomorrow, Tuesday, we're going to have Malda. Malda is Minnesota uh, Uber Lyft Drivers Association president, Idali, and Senator Fatah, who is a senator of Minnesota. And he better be very friendly to the driver cause. There are certain things the drivers want on both ends, drive, you know, ride share or delivery, which is higher earnings, obviously. That's well, the number everybody, one thing. Everybody, wants, everybody wants higher earnings. You know, unjust deactivations, you know, safety. These are the things that we want as the driver community. And these companies are not deaf to it. But in order for the, the but they're not also going to do it on their own. They're going to keep doing what they're doing. They're going to squeeze as many orders as possible. Like DoorDash did 562 million orders last quarter. How did they all get squeezed into the system? I mean, there are a bunch of them are $2 no tip orders, right? And same yeah. thing in, in rideshare. I mean, I personally went out and drove. Uh, I did something last weekend that I had not done in eight years of being a rideshare driver. I went out and took 20 in a row. Like, like you know, you've done videos like um, except ride, everything, right? Right here, yeah. Oh, it had to have been rough. Oh no, no. You know what? After the third, fourth, before I pulled my hair out, I was like, whatever's left of it. I got relaxed. I go like, okay, I'll just allow the algorithm, let it take me wherever it's going to take me, right? Yes, it took me all over LA, and then I put all my numbers out in LA doing rideshare. I mean, rideshare is a little bit more risky, obviously, than food delivery yes. because I have a passenger in the car. You have the risk of that. <laughs> So uh, as far as my numbers were down to the penny, $21.50 before expenses for all 20 trips. That includes gas, depreciation, maintenance, wear and tear, all that, right? Well, my car is a 2021 Santa Fe, Santa Fe, and it runs on about five to six bucks an hour, depending on the variability of the gas cost. Well, if I took just took $5 out, I work for $16.50, accepting all 20 trips, doing rideshare. Well, I can make more money going standing and flipping burgers somewhere for 20 bucks now. You you absolutely can without any without without the, as much risk. Yeah. And liability. Yeah. And and no wear and tear on your car, right? So to me, at the moment, people, this is the reality check that your community, our community has to do. Be honest with yourselves. Look at your numbers deeply. Is there an alternative for you? Is the freedom and flexibility worth you working for less than minimum wage? And if there is no legislation, these companies are not going to do anything about it. Like, you know, they did it in New York City, pushing and shoving. Obviously, they're putting some schedules on people. Obviously, they own the apps. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. And that's the, you know, collateral damage that we, we can we'll talk about in New York City. But ultimately, in order for us as as rideshare and delivery drivers to have a voice to, you know, look, we can all get on our channels and yell and scream and complain. Not going to get anywhere. 
We've been complaining for 10 years. Where do we get yeah. us? Lower well, base. That's, that's my point, Sergio, is I feel like we we have been, a lot of them have, have been complaining, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook or Reddit, whether you have a channel or not, whether you complain to yourself. They don't care. Are, and what's, you know, all the strikes, I haven't seen much change, right? We still see care. earnings going down. We still see yeah. people coming in that are taking everything. We have a, you know, some would say we have an issue with undocumented workers coming Huge. in and take a huge it right with spark mm. right share so we we have these things that are happening the companies know it yeah right so you know why you know in the beginning you said I, you know i'm not really friends of the government or whatever i'm not either i don't want government in my gig work so then why do we want to sit at a table because if we sit at the table with uber we got to have a politician next to us don't we we got to have somebody so why why do you, why do we think that that's the way? That's well, make if you if if you don't want your earnings to the, the trend of your earnings to change, right? Um, again, you know, at the start I said these companies brought all this upon themselves. All right, so here's the that's Good. my point. My point when it comes to that is this: this this shows, by the way, like just like in now Seattle, right? Um, you know that gig delivery workers couriers have. Uh, rights now, all not to the point that rideshare drivers had for the last three years. Um, Spark, let's say, says we're going to pull out, right? Well, this goes to show how you, how horrible of a business model that they had and they have for the last decade. Unit economics are so horrible when it comes to delivery, last mile delivery, that when a company cannot pay a fair wage, and I'm talking base fares now, if you cannot pay a fair wage to your worker, was basically exchanging their labor for cash yeah. okay, and in their cars. And if you can't do that as an app or as a company or as a corporation, right, this goes to show what a failure your business model has been. And this also goes to show you that, you know, delivery, last mile delivery has almost, not almost, I mean, I believe it is, it has become working for tips because if as a company you're forcing almost your consumer to subsidize worker earnings with tips, that's a broken business model to start with. Mm. And, and the, the reason that they keep lowering the base fare is they're trying to be profitable now, but really there isn't much blood left in the rock to squeeze. They're trying, trying to squeeze most out of that lemon, but the lemon's getting dry. You know what exactly. I mean? And then on one end, and on one end, we do our research. I mean, we know our numbers. On one end, if you, you know, you order food, I order food, right? Mm. We look at it. What has happened to your delivery fees, service fees, this fee, that fee? What has happened over the last three, four years? It's gone up. It's gone it's, up. I mean, I wouldn't say double, but it's probably gone up 50%. But how much of that has been shared with the courier community, with the last mile delivery driver community? Not much. In fact, probably none. In fact, base fares keep getting cut lower and lower. They're trying to increase their take rates to be profitable for Wall Street. I get it. If I was them, I'd probably be doing the same thing. Well, and I've heard you say that before. They're running a business. So that, we, just, just the same way we are. We want to make good decisions. We want to make more money every year. All drivers should want to make more money every year, more profits every year, taking more money home for you after expenses. The companies absolutely. want the same thing, right? You yeah. know, let me ask you, let me ask you something. So out of, the, out of what you know from driver's experiences in Seattle, would you mm -hmm. say that it's been a, a win for that those drivers in that city? Yeah. Pedro has left the building. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're on our own. Or the stream went out, one or the other. Uh, 
Okay. What's up, people? I don't know what's going on. All right. Should we end it? <laughs> no, no, no takeover. <laughs> okay, right, we're well, back. Let's... Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I thought DoorDash hijacked so, Joe, the stream. I don't know. <laughs> I, DoorDash Uber hijacking the stream. That's what happened. Can I can you hear, hear you. Okay? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Mic check, mic check. Can't hear you. Yeah, I can't hear you. Um, I haven't changed anything. You left, you came back. You want me to leave and come back? Hold on. What happened? <laughs> Hold on, guys. Stand by. All right. Can the chat yeah, I can't hear, hear me? Sergio. I know you guys can hear me. I can't hear him. Can you guys hear me, second. though? Can Let me do that. Let me do that. Sergio, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I can. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I'm not sure what happened. I think somebody tried to call me. I got to put my do not disturb on, but oh, I think I we're know. okay now. Um, uh, let me turn this up a little bit. Hold on. I lost volume. Okay, go ahead. So, so we were talking right. about Seattle. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, we're talking about Seattle. So three years ago, um, WDU, which is not your, your usual typical union, in 2020, it started in, with a friendly city council um, in Seattle. And they said, look, this is bullshit. We're not making enough money. I mean, we're driving our cars to pieces. We're, try we're driving our bodies to pieces, and then we have nothing to show for it. Look, on rideshare, there's one thing that's evident that people drive a lot more miles than do they do in foot delivery, right? A full-time rideshare driver will literally drive 6,000 miles a month. And, well, you do that for a year, that's 72,000 miles. Your car just depreciated by 30% probably, if not more. So they came together with, uh, you know, grassroots campaign, basically. Um, you know, drivers at airports talking to each other and, you know, getting together, um, created something called WDU, which is what, uh, Washington Drivers Union. Not a your typical union with dues and all that stuff, right? It's just a club, let's say. It was like a club. But then they found um, in C Seattle City Council very friendly council members, okay? And then, the, well, they couldn't reach these council members, so what they did is they went to the Teamsters 117 up in Seattle, and they said, you know, can you guys hook us up with these council members who seem very friendly to our cause? of higher pay, you know, unjust deactivation rights, um, safety, uh, you know, healthcare to a point, paid time off, all these things. And, and Uber and Lyft said, go F yourselves. We're going to pass something called Prop 22 clones in, in there. But then the city council of Seattle stood strong. They said, no, F you Uber and Lyft. We're going to have you come to the table and talk to us. Otherwise, we're going to pass our own ordinance and you're going to have to pay these people higher fares. And what does Uber and Lyft automatically? They go, oh, we're going to leave. <laughs> like, okay, right. bye. Have a nice day. And so what happened is that Seattle Council members, you know, stood strong. Uber came to the table and they created this package that is the best package that I know of in the country when it comes to rideshare, right? And 
It's been in existence for three years now. Three, not three months, not three weeks. Three years in the city of Seattle. And yes, it, the, the fares did go up. Okay? But if you look at um, the fares, the history of fares, you know, there was a few articles written by the professor Len Sherman of Columbia Business School. The rates... Uber and Lyft have been raising the rates for the last four years anyway. They have raised the rates by 50%. Yeah. Okay. So rates have been going up on their own, not because you're paying the driver more. But then now what happened is that they sat down, they came to this agreement. Yes, rates went up. Drivers in Seattle make $1.55 a mile and they have an inflation adjustment and 65 cents a minute. That is by far higher actually than my rates in LA when I first started in 2015. Now, and Uber also says, and Lyft and DoorDash, they all say the same thing. Demand is going to collapse. We're going to lose demand. There's going to be less flexibility. I'm like, right. okay, three years we had this. Nothing like that has happened. Now, the demand in Seattle caught up after the pandemic a little slower than the rest of the country because Seattle is a very high-tech centric and then they had, you know, they had layoffs everywhere in Seattle. Because, you know, Amazon is in Seattle, a whole bunch of high-tech companies are in, based in Seattle. And so, but now the demand has caught up to the pre-pandemic levels. The drivers are making a lot more money. Granted, they may be uh, working less, you know, less trips. They're doing less trips, like quality over quantity kind of a situation is happening there. Mm -hmm. And the passengers did not go away. They're still using Uber and Lyft. And demand has not collapsed. So I'm not saying the exact same rates as in Seattle would be successful, but a version of it. And in fact, that's what we're going to talk about on Tuesday on Show Me the Money. Malda, Minnesota, Minnesota Uber and Lyft Drivers Association started exactly the same way Washington Drivers Union started. Okay. And they basically, I've spoken to them a million times already, and they literally carbon copied the Seattle model. Now in the city of Minneapolis, they have they just had elections because what happened is that Uber and Lyft and the governor of Minneapolis, I mean Minnesota, and uh, mayor of Minneapolis vetoed all these ordinances that were brought up before it even went to anywhere, right? So now in the city of Minneapolis, Malda had you know, not Malda, but the council had uh, elections. Now they believe that they have nine friendly city council members who will override the veto of the mayor and they're going to pass something very similar with lower rates that is satisfactory to the driver community in the city of Minneapolis. So what is Uber and Lyft are saying? We're going to leave. We can't do this. A lot of people are going to lose their flexibility. Blah, 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 blah. So I go to Uber and Lyft. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Bye. Okay? Nobody's going to go anywhere. So my plan is to support proper legislation, city by city, state by state. And these are not your typical SEIU uh, unions. You know, I know people don't like unions these days. It has nothing to do with your typical unions. Some do. I mean, I, I was in a chat earlier. There's a guy, he's a rideshare. He wants unions. He wants us to unionize. Yeah. He's part of that 15% that wants to be an employee. Yes. So yes. I, I, and 15% of, of millions of drivers, is still, that's still a lot of people, right? Yeah, it's not well, people, absolutely. But it's still... A lot of people, I think, for some reason, do uh, want unions for whatever reason. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not going to deny their rights to be unionized and do whatever you want. But my bottom line is legislation is necessary for these companies. You know how you're driving some a-hole will come in front of you and brake check you? <laughs> sure. 
that's the way I look at legislation. I look, I don't want these companies to disappear. I'm not enemies of these companies. Man, I talk to these companies every week. I don't want to be, I think they do a decent job of providing a living to millions and millions of people, right? They do. I agree with that. I mean, look, if you look at just Uber's earnings, right? Last quarter, whatever from, you know, they collected close to $40 billion from the passengers. Okay. That's their top line. The drivers got $16.6 billion out of that $14 billion. That went into the economy. Okay. And a lot of people put food on the table. A lot of people, you know, did whatever they did. Same thing with food delivery. It's the same thing. They do yep. provide something. Okay. Look, if you want to start as a rideshare driver or a delivery driver, it is all it's guaranteed that you will make something. I'm not telling you you will be profitable. I'm not telling you you will get rich, but you will you will make something. You can make oh, five well, bucks yeah, an hour. To, to, to that point, I think a lot of people, especially well, on both sides, because I did ride share to begin with, right? I did that's I didn't do food delivery first as a rideshare. I think I think it's I, I think while it, it's not easy, maybe that's the wrong word, I think it's doable to get by in the gig economy, rideshare or food delivery, just to get by. Right to yeah, make well, sure your rent's by, paid, but, to make sure the lights yeah. are on, and you got a little bit of food. I think you can do I that know. if you do it. I mean, getting by, but you know, getting this is a transitory crowd, Pedro, as you know, right? People do it for many different reasons. Right now, is everybody's doing it because their W twos have been crushed by inflation. Okay, yeah, and that's the other thing that these companies don't understand, right? They go, oh well, we have to charge more commercial insurance. We have to charge this more because, well, you know, the inflation. I'm like, yeah, but you guys are, don't have any effects of the inflation. The drivers do, right? Our maintenance costs have gone through the roof. You know, uh, the, the change, all changes, frequent brake jobs, tires, all this stuff since 2018, 19 has almost doubled, and the amount we're making is going lower and less and less and less and lower and lower. Well, at some point, something has to happen for this trend to change. And the, the change for me is proper. Again, the underlined, capitalized, proper legislation. It has to be proper because I, I see yeah. some legislation that to me doesn't look proper. It, it doesn't look, in my opinion, that it has the driver's best interest in mind. I think I think we I think sometimes I'm, I'm a little leery of certain politicians and they I think they just want our votes. I think they want certain things to look good. They want to pass a bill because it looks good for them on the record. I think we have to realize that that's a, you know, and the gig, gig economy is growing at such a rapid pace. There's more of us doing it. So that means more voters to vote for this particular person that's doing this bill and has their, says it to have exactly. our back. You know? um, exactly. Me, and what has to, what is happening, Pedro, is that just like the Minneapolis city council became more friendly because now they have override power, veto override power. The game plan has to be for the driver and courier community is that you have to first find yourself a friendly city council. This has to be a movement city by city, state by state. You can't go and say, oh, I'm just going to put my sword in the ground, my way or the highway as a community. Not going to work. These companies are going to absolutely hammer you guys and they're going to kill everything that comes to the table. Okay. But don't you what? think that's what the strikes are? Like the one on the 14th? Don't you think that's somebody trying to put a a sword in the ground and say, listen okay. to I me. have I have my opinions about these things. Um, the strikes cannot work, will not work. However, however, what they have been doing better and better lately is because, first of all, they cannot work because it's the law of numbers, law of averages. We have 3 million rideshare drivers and God knows how many more million couriers, right? So let's go just yeah. with rideshare at the moment. Um, collectively, 
if you brought our channel, the professor's channel, everybody's yeah. channel, we're not even yeah. like one one percent, right? So most people don't even know what we're saying, what we're doing. However, what strikes or let's call it protest, let's not call it strikes, because as independent contractors, we cannot strike. Strike is the wrong word. We can't strike um, against an app, a digital app. You can't, yeah. right? We're you, not well, no, it's, yeah, I mean, it's just not feasible. However, yeah. what is happening though is that the media has picked up, okay? Every time there is an airport lockout, well, they call it lockout or protest, yeah. media is there. Media, media yeah. is there. What do these companies hate the most? Bad PR. Trust me, they don't like good, you know, they don't like themselves being portrayed as the evil in the media because, not because it benefits the driver, because the golden goose that lays the golden egg for these companies is the consumer. Because, look, Uber has 142 million consumers on their platform, okay? I bet half of those consumers have a heart, thinking, well, my courier just brought me my food. I want a tip, but these companies are telling me not to tip, right? So my thing is, once you start getting to the consumer, and the only way to do that is bring it to the media. Media attention is always good. There is no bad exposure. It's always good exposure. Do you really think You're that the media, do you really think if the average consumer sees something on a news clip for a minute, that that'll, that'll make them want to tip us? Nope, that'll make them start thinking, right? Okay, I just paid like 20 bucks in service fees and delivery fees to DoorDash to deliver my food. Right, right. How much of that is going to my driver? And it goes back to the point of these companies wanting to have the cake and eat it too. Because you, as the consumer, don't know. Most consumers don't know. You know, you have these TikTok bullshit videos that go around yeah. that, you know, whatever, which is, I hate those things, right? Because it gives the good drivers, good couriers a bad name to start with, okay? That is not the majority. That's in the minority, but, you know, people like that shit. My thing is, once the consumer, because look, the driver community is a transitory community. They do it for eight months. They lead the average driver's yeah. life on the rideshare apps is eight months. Eight. By the time it's I, less, Sergio, as a rideshare guy. It's half of that on food delivery. It's, figure that out, right? By the time you can get to a courier saying cherry pick, by the time I can get to a rideshare driver saying cherry pick, by the way, I did most those 20 trips. There were no cherries to pick. If there are no cherries to pick, what am I supposed to do? But... So they're gone already. But who stays? The consumer stays. Consumer has to stay, right? They've gotten used to this service or whatever this is. And once you start getting to the consumer and these companies figure out, wait a minute, all this bad publicity is opening the consumer's eye saying that, why the 20 bucks that I'm paying to you, DoorDash, why is only like $2 of that going to my driver, right? Once that starts changing, which I think we're close. So these protests and strikes do that. It pushes the narrative to the front. It keeps pushing it to the front. It keeps pushing it to the front. And when that happens, enough of that happens, which that's why I support these protests. Then the consumer will start kind of going, change of heart. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe I should not be ordering DoorDash because they're brutalizing their or exploiting their drivers, right? So that's why I think this legislation game city by city, state by state. And you know, getting to the consumer with all this. And I have good media contacts and I'm going to push with everything I have when it comes to the 14th, right? I'm already spreading the word out. Again, number-wise strikes won't work. Too many drivers, too many things. 
it, you're not going to hurt Uber's business by turning your app off. What's going to hurt Uber's business is educate, start educating the consumer and start getting to them. And maybe the consumer is going to say, well, fuck you, Uber. I'm not going to order it. I'm just going to, you know, take a cab or do whatever else I'm going to do. That's when these companies are going to pay attention. And trust me, they're, they're listening. They're going to pay attention pretty soon. Um, so let me throw this out and then we're going to open the questions or you can bring people up. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the 11th, nothing is going to happen. <laughs> No, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, Don't no, worry. I, I'm not going to put an Uber shirt on and a lift hat on. It's just not going to happen. You guys are not going to put a DoorDash hat on. Eleven. The, the, we had uh, a lawyer last week from NELP, which is uh, National Employment Labor Protection. Um, he explained it very eloquently. So if you guys want to go listen to him, that's the, from the horse's mouth. This has nothing to do with misclassification rulings. This is a federal ruling. The reason, by the way, the companies, DoorDash, Uber, Lyft, Uber Eats, Grubhub, weren't worried about it. And in fact, their stocks went higher instead of lower. If this was like such a horrible decision or a ruling was because this is for federal minimum wage and overtime rules. You all know what the federal minimum wage is in this country? $7.25. That's what we're talking about. That's why these companies were like, well, I'm pretty sure everybody, every driver and courier is making more than 725, so we don't have to worry if about you're it. Not, if and you're not, March 11th is going to. If you're not making 725, that's on you as a driver. That's how I look. You at it. need something else. Yeah, you, you need, need something else. This yeah. is not for you. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah, not at all. So but, yeah, that's March 11th is going to come and go. Nothing is going to happen, so no worries about that part. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I am really supportive of local legislation. So for everybody who's interested in it, you all should start finding. And by the way, city council votes, you know, go around maybe two, three thousand votes can put a city council member in the council or vote them out of the council. So in your districts, if you have a lot of DoorDashers or Grubhub or Spark drivers and you want your voice to be heard, get in touch with these people, figure out if they're friendly to your cause. You know, in a small city by city basis, we can influence elections at gig workers because we're in the millions, millions, right? I mean, we're not going to influence elections on a national basis, but on a local basis, city council basis, we can influence elections. And these these politicians, look, they want their jobs. Well, they're going to listen to you, right? If you start writing to them, if you start calling their offices, and I'm talking city council, that's the, the first level. And it's happening in Minneapolis. It's going to happen. In, it's happening in Chicago. So there are good things happening with legislation. These companies are going to come to the table and say, okay, what do you guys want? Okay, we want higher rates. Okay, what do you guys want? All right. Without killing the market, because I don't want to kill the market either by legislation. I don't want the demand to fall off the face of the earth. Right. But right. at some point, we need fairness. And I don't think the game is being played fairly at the moment. But don't you think that? The more legislation we have, even if it's city by city, okay, Minneapolis, mm -hmm. yeah, it's not like federal necessarily, like with the Biden. Oh, that, yeah, forget that. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's city by city, and, we, and, and that's the most effective way, in your opinion, right? Don't you think, this is my opinion, I want to get yours. Don't you think okay. what we're doing is we're just, the people that aren't making it in the gig economy but want to stay in it, we're just appeasing them. So we're taking away from the good earners that are actually able to figure it out and through multi-apping or strategy or whatever or hustle or grit 
and we're giving to the people that can't figure it out. We're, we're basically saying, Pedro, you're making 30 bucks an hour. We're going to get you down to 25 because the guy making 15 needs to get up to 20. Aren't we just, aren't we just like trying to even it out? Like, do you think that that's going to be a sustainable? Uh, um, no, I disagree with that because look, um, you know, I know you're successful in your market, but you have to look at the bigger picture, right? As far as I'm concerned, uh, most gig workers are actually running on a negative. They're fooling themselves after you they did. figure out all their costs. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I definitely think so. I definitely think mm. so. And and they're just doing it just to pay a couple of bills here and there, but they're not looking at the um, you know collateral damage that they're putting on their bodies and their cars and things like that. But you mean more? And, so and I think. Right. You mean the people out there 40 hours a week plus? Because I think I think the person doing it 10 hours a week is doing completely fine. That's my opinion. 40 hours a week? Yeah. Are you saying, are you talking about the people doing it full okay, time? Gonna, Those are the ones that are making money, right? You're saying I didn't like, hear oh, anything you said. Hold up. Can you hear me now? You're freezing. You're freezing. Oh, I. Uh, there might be. I see myself. Hold on. I think I should be okay. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Now you're good. Okay. Now I'm good. Yeah. Now you're good. Do you, are, yeah. do you think that the people that are full-time working really, really like a lot of hours per week, yeah. are those the ones not making real money? Because I think the people doing it part-time, which is the majority, I think they're doing just fine. I think if you're doing it 10 hours a week, you're able to hit your goals, make your side money and you're okay. I think it's the ones that are doing it full-time and they want to do it forever. I think, and that's the minority. I think we're trying to appease the minority and we're going to take away from the majority that use this as a true side hustle. What do you say to that? Yeah. I, 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 I will halfway agree with that. The reason I will halfway agree with that is because the 40 to 60 hour workers, gig workers, um, do need different type of legislation themselves. I mean, look, look, you're working 40 to 60 hours there. And I think there has been this problem with the gig economy from the get-go, right? 20% or less do this as a full-time they're the yeah. true grinders they're doing whatever they can right yeah and by the infiltration or oversaturation of these part-timers all coming in they have definitely eaten into these full-timers meals there is no ifs and buts about that for sure and i think those full-timers should be treated completely differently than the soccer mom that drives three hours for a ride share or somebody that comes does doordash for eight hours and the companies are saying that and there is also possible legislation for those types of people, right? Like mm -hmm. we have Proposition 22 in California, for example, that these companies passed. There is not one delivery driver in California that is not benefiting, including myself, from Proposition 22, okay? But in order to get the full benefits of a proposition or company pass proposition, you have to work certain hours. Like in California, we have to yeah. work 25 active hours week after week after week to get a healthcare stipend meaning for these companies to pay for our healthcare, right? Which you can buy through um, uh, ACA. But what I'm saying is that the 40 hour, 60 hour grinders are definitely getting hurt by the part-timers just overwhelming the markets now. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is, the reason for that is macroeconomic conditions. I mean, look, W two is not enough. What barriers to entry? Is super right. easy. So you got else I can do? I don't make side hustle. Yeah, yeah. The the economy, the 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 lack of the people need a side hustle, so they're coming to it. And they're working ten to fifteen hours a week or whatever, and they're using Uber, uh, using Instacart, 
DoorDash, any kind of gig, Rover, like all the gigs that are out there, and there's thousands of them. And the full-timers yeah. that used to be able to do okay before the pandemic or through the pandemic are now yeah. some of their foods coming off their plate, like you said, because the part-timers are taking a question. But yeah. you know, and and the funny thing is the full-timers do you know there's a 20-80 rule that applies 20% that do this full-time do 80% of the orders and 80% of part-timers that do part-time do 20% yeah I'm here good now you're here yeah I think it yeah. might be you that's cutting it it doesn't I can still hear I think we're I think we're good um let me, mm -hmm. let me real quick so okay my internet is good anyway okay okay I think we're okay yeah. I think it might, it might be mine we have some bad weather in St. Louis coming so maybe my you know the the I'm running off Wi-Fi, so it might be cutting yeah. it out. I think we're okay. Um, so so, what what you know about the New York City legislation, right? I don't you know? Let's let's touch on that real quick, and then I'll open up the the panel. Um, right. I know a few people out there. They're saying that you know I've seen some good things, some bad things. Do you think with New York City, obviously a very expensive place to live, yeah. right? Very expensive. So I you know I can't compare my earnings to somebody in New York City. I live in St. Louis. It's, the cost yeah. of living is different. The traffic is different. The apps are different. The consumers are different. Everything's different. Everything's different, right? More difference than similar. Mm -hmm. Do you think what they got out there, you're basically getting money per minute to stay active on an app. Do you think yeah. that that is proper legislation? Well, I, uh, no, no. Okay. That's the other thing that these companies did really well. Um, you know, they sold us that per active hour, you'll be earning $30. Well, you know, there is a thing called utilization rate, okay? Utilization rate is your online hours divided by, I mean, your active, your on delivery hours divided by your online. That's your utilization rate. So the companies immediately came out and said, oh, everybody's making 30 bucks an hour. We can't afford this. We have to raise the rates. So first of all, the companies immediately passed it on to the consumer anyway, just like they yeah. always do. They oh. complain, but they pass it to the consumer. Now we have to wait. We have to wait a little bit, maybe six months or so, to see what the effect of this has been on the consumer, because the company said that the, the orders are going to collapse. I mean, I, I doubt it because we have Seattle here. But the other thing that that the companies do very well is that they say thirty dollars per active hour. Yeah, but that thirty dollars per active hour doesn't look like thirty, Pedro, if you're active only sixty percent of the hour, which is the yeah. utilization rate. Which is the utilization rate in New York City has been sixty-one percent. So 61% of 30 is 18. That's where the that's where it's at. And people are actually going to make about 18 bucks before expenses in New York City now. So I'm like, please like make explain this to to to, to the consumer and the drivers. What are the odds in New York City that one courier on an e-bike, most likely, or a scooter is going to be active the whole 60 minutes? Not going to happen. Would be, it it's would not, be hard. It's not that simple. It'd be hard for everyone. I mean, it's a challenge. There might not be enough order. challenge. Yeah. It, plus, you're going to have to maybe go places you don't want to go. You're going to have to take, you're literally, in order to be active, to have a 100% utilization, you have to take everything. And there has to be back, you know, you drop Is it that off. possible? You drop it off, boom, you get another one right away. Or they're sending you one while you're on route, which they do that on Uber and DoorDash. But it would be hard yeah. to, to yeah. have that many orders for all, all the people on the bikes and the scooters and the mopeds. You know, it'd be almost it would be impossible to have 100% utilization in New York City. It just would, you know. Well, but but that's the other thing the companies. That's the other thing the companies said. I mean, this is going to be more safety problems, the more dangerous. And then we know we know what they're doing now. They're putting schedules, right? Yeah. And and look, 
uh, the companies are going to do that. I mean, look, you, they cannot pay everybody 30 bucks per active hour, right? And they're going to make people work harder, right? And then, you know, at some point, it may benefit the full-timers. I mean, if you're a part-timer doing it eight, eight hours a week, um, yeah, tough shit, right? And yeah. you, you have to you have to take one for the team at some point. And by the way, the same thing happened. Same thing happened um, in New York City when it came to rideshare. Initially, these companies did put schedules on rideshare drivers. You couldn't like log on anytime you want and drive. And then, sure enough, a year and a half later, the you know demand after the pandemic now came back fully, and it's higher than before. Now there are no schedules. So. All these scare tactics that they play with, oh, yeah, we're going to put schedules on you now. Look, these companies also have to look out for themselves. And I think it's reasonable. I mean, 30 bucks if you're active for a full 60 minutes, knock yourself out, man. Get the 30 bucks. And I mean, I've seen some screenshots, you know, that, that, that top off like California happens with Prop 22. That top off is coming in sweet, you know, that the, the, the DoorDash and Uber Eats are paying oh, pretty yeah. good money. I, I've you know? seen it. Seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. Um, we got a few people in surgery. You got uh you got maybe what 10 minutes? I've let's uh, go another 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. So I see I see a few people waiting. I'm gonna bring up one at a time so that it's not too too crazy. Um I see Gate Tube up first. So he's not uh he's somebody I'm gonna bring up because he's not always a part of the show, and I want to hear his perspective. So let's bring up Gig Tube, Chad. Uh Chad, can you hear us? Yep. Can you hear me? We can. How you doing, man? Good. This is my beer reviews studio. There, I, <laughs> there you so, go. So what can you add to the conversation that you've that what you've heard so far? Are you anti? Are you pro? Give, give me your perspective out in uh, Florida. Well, it wasn't much of a debate. You guys don't really disagree on all that much. No, I thought I thought we were going to yell at each other, but it's okay. <laughs> no, that's um, coming up on Crossfire when I'm debating Harry, the, the, the corporate shill that he is. So that's gonna be interesting. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Some people call me a shill, and I don't, I, I'm not really sure why, but I, Harry, maybe oh, I. Oh, no, no. Yeah. You don't hold a candle to Harry, bro. <laughs> so, so, Chad, get, get to yeah. give us give us some of your yeah. thoughts on anyway. legislation, unions, all, all that stuff. Well, okay. you know what? I'm gonna go out and come back in, Pedro, because I keep I keep seeing you guys freeze. I'm not liking it. Hold on, a second. Okay, uh, go ahead and come out. I'll, bring you. <laughs> I'll talk to Chad. All right. Right. My my cat Logan wants to say hi. I don't know if you can hear him chirping. Logan, what's up? What's up, buddy? <laughs> um, yeah. So I think at some point something's got to give. Like, remember when AB five was passed? Well, actually, it might have been before you were a gig worker. Like, yeah. It Uber was. and Lyft actually threatened to pull out and like they were they're like this close to actually leaving the state of California. And then like right at the last minute, the the state and Uber and Lyft made a deal, you know, to stay stay in. Um, so that's certainly possible that that could happen again. Mm -hmm. I would actually like to see these companies actually have some balls and actually leave a city or a state because they did that. It would set a precedent nationwide. Like, I'm actually surprised they didn't do that with Seattle or um, New York. Maybe they will with Minnesota, or is it the entire state of Minnesota or just Minneapolis? Minneapolis. It will never happen. They will never leave. Yeah, and that's why... Uh, and and what you said this... about California was not true, that they said, yeah, they, they used that their playbook is, oh, we're going to leave. Like, uh, no, California is 25% of your top line. You're not going yeah. anywhere. 
So, you know, yeah. don't don't buy anything. Look, I talk to these companies all the time. Don't don't buy everything they say to you. Okay. So I was like We gotta get Steve from Rideshare Roadie up here. He knows about this a little bit better than I do. Steve, are so you are here? you for or against legislation, GeekTube? Well, just I mean, legislation is a broad term. I mean, everybody wants legislation that benefits them. That's the whole point of lobbying. That's no, well, okay, and then much narrower term: higher pay, unjust deactivation protection, and safety. Do you do you want legislation with those three points involved? Well, it's not that. Well, it's not that I want legislation, but yeah, I'd love to see. Everybody wants higher pay. Who doesn't want higher pay? You know? Yeah. Like these are all like. You know, okay, these have are your all earnings, have your earnings improved want. over how long how long you've been doing deliveries or ride share? Uh actually I've been I started Uber back in 2017 when Travis okay. was still CEO. Um so how, since 2017 adjusted to inflation, are you making more money or less money? Um well I definitely make more money now because I used to just do Uber, but now I'd have like 12 apps on my phone. Okay. And like Instacart and DoorDash and all those weren't really a viable option back then. Okay. And uh yeah, I think like the gold, like that article in Business Insider, the golden age of gig work is over. I agree with that. Like, okay. there's just way too many workers, and like demand has plummeted. And like, like you said, they're cutting, they're cutting pay, and you know, raising fees. Something's got to give. Like, I, I, I just don't know what, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's just really easy to say. Yeah, I want more pay. And I want protections and stuff, but at what cost? And also, who am I getting into bed with politically? Because 99 times out of 100, those people that are championing that legislation, I have no agreement on any other issues with, you know? It's a good point. It's a solid point. That's a yeah. solid point. I mean, you know, I, I'm just saying legislation is necessary just to negotiate with these companies for better working conditions. Um, but uh, unchecked, I think that's why we are where we are. Um, I guess if you're happy to $2 orders for me is not sufficient. Like I did a rideshare trip uh, last week when I was taking 20 in a row. Um, I put somebody in my car, drove a mile, picked them up, dropped them off a mile later for $3.36. <laughs> well, we, we don't have that's to we do that. Or do you think that we do? I know, I know. I could have declined. Absolutely, right. you don't right. have to do that. But what happens? But what happens, Pedro, is that as a rideshare driver or a courier, you get stuck between a hard place and a rock. Okay, so if you decline all those trips, right, then what's happening is that your utilization is going down. You're just sitting in your car waiting for a good order to do. Okay, and and if you do take those trips, then your hourly is going to tank. So which one do you want to do? You want to be busy half the time, do one order and make twenty bucks. Or you want to do, you know, four orders and make the same 20 bucks. So either way you look at it, like the numbers are playing in a way right now that either you have going to have very low utilization rate, super cherry picker type of thing, or here and there, or take the trash orders, right? And and just look, most people, like you said, are out there 10, 10 hours a week. They have right. like $200 gold. Yeah. They don't give a shit about, you know, uh, cherry Any, picking. The, the I, none I, of I, is they don't care about any of this. I think not a gig worker. So I think no. we're still in our chamber of the gig tube space and Reddit and Facebook or the content creation and people complaining or having a great day. I made a thousand dollars this week. Like we're so into that. But I think the average person does the gig economy the way that my girlfriend does. She yeah. turns in once or twice a week if she wants to. If she mm -hmm. wants to. her sister's coming into town, for example. She wants right. to take her sister out to dinner. She wants to pay for it. 
she went and did some Uber uh, or DoorDash yesterday and today so she could do that. That, yeah. to me, is the average person that works DoorDash, right? Yeah. Or the average rideshare driver isn't working, say, 70 hours a week. I think they're doing it less. They got a W-2. They do it to how I did it. Well, I got off my W-2. I worked for a couple hours. Maybe I worked for a couple hours on my day off. I had a bill I wanted to pay or I wanted to go on a nice vacation, try and stack my money. Or I'm just supplementing my income because inflation's crazy. My W-2 is not giving me a raise. So I need to make an extra $6,000 this year, right? Yeah. Keep up with my my inflated rent, the inflated food costs. Yeah. So okay, now I got to give away a little sleep, give away a little bit of my free time. And I got, you know, I think most people don't care about the legislation. They're not worried about Joe Biden. They, they could care less about a strike that they say on TV. Um, I think it's us that care about it. And that's okay because we're, we're, we're more ingrained in this community than my girlfriend is. Like she could give a fuck less. But, like but she- you know, remember, remember when we were in Denver, we had this conversation with you. I had this conversation with you actually. We were on the fireside chat. We were all a bunch of us were sitting there. Yeah. You know, I'm not looking at, you know, this, this is the problem that, that the driver community on both ends are facing, right? These companies are playing the long game. The drivers are playing the short game. That's the difference. And yeah. when you're playing the long game, you have you you have the staying power. When you're playing the short game, like I just want to make 100 bucks this week and go away, it fits these companies' bills because you are the one that's going to take the $3 trash order just to make that 100 yeah. up, okay? You're right. So what I'm saying is that, if people are coming and going and for future generations who are going to keep doing this because gig economy is not going anywhere, you want to protect those people that are coming in. You don't want them to get exploited and you don't mean taken advantage of. And, you know, I know huge problems happening with the migrant community now that just came to this country. They're being taken advantage of. They're being exploited. Right. And and you can't tell them, you know, you can't reach them and say, oh, by the way, don't take two dollar no tip orders. They're doing it. They're going to do it because to them, 50 bucks a day is huge money. Uh, as opposed to what they were making in Venezuela or in Ukraine or whatever, the, you know, wherever they came from. And they're being shipped around the country like rag dolls. I mean, it's bullshit. So what I'm saying is that for future generations, who's going to be like, you and I will be gone a long time. And then five years from now, there'll be some other YouTuber who's doing what we're doing. Yep. I just want to make sure that the next generation of gig workers are kind of have some stuff to fall back on so they don't go through the growing pains that we're going through. And that's what I want my legacy to be. I mean, as a forget, I'm, I don't consider myself a YouTuber. I'm a little more deeper than that. But what I'm thinking is, I want to, I, I want to protect the people who are coming after me, as opposed to today is today. That's why we're playing the short game, and these companies uh, are going to play the long game. And that's where, and and the long game can only change by legislation. It cannot change by just saying, well. I'm in my bubble. I'm happy with making 25 bucks gross per hour. Eh, yeah, it's not enough for me. So, but that's an opinion difference, though. That's it. So. Yeah. Can I jump in here? Um, yeah. So, like, you know, like the the topic of the debate is like legislation versus what? Just staying the way things are now. Like, yeah. yeah. So let's argue that. Let's so let's argue that. So, legislation. Let's assume it's proper, and that could help us immediately, a significant amount, or Keep it the way it is right now. What's what's better, Chad? I don't know. It's like they both kind of suck. You know, it's it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. You ever heard that phrase? Yeah, yeah. So well, I don't know. Maybe you got to go with the devil you know. Well, the devil you know is going to keep cutting your rates, and you're going to yeah. have to need you're going to need twelve more apps to make the same amount of money you were making five years ago. Hmm. Yeah. But is that, is and that a, the devil you don't know? Also, the devil you don't know is what you have in a lot of cities that's already in existence. New York City, Seattle, not Minneapolis is coming. And 
you can go study these results from Seattle and New York City, and we will find out in six months what how much the demand has not collapsed and a lot of couriers are making a livable wage. Again, my problem is not with these companies. My problem with these companies when it comes to legislation is that they brought themselves here. If you cannot pay me a living wage for taking your, right? That's your problem. That's not my problem. Pay me a living wage. I don't worry about tips. I don't want to worry about any of that shit. Just pay me a living wage to carry the package. Pay me a living wage to take your food somewhere. Otherwise, yeah. I, living I wage is care. like a loaded you know? phrase, though. Like what, what it takes for you to live on is probably a lot more than what it takes me to live on or somebody who has. Absolutely. Six you know, in, in, in L.A. where I'm at, it takes a lot. It probably takes a lot more. So all I'm saying is. City by that's why I said city by city, state by state. You know, St. Louis has very different living cost of living, you know, problems, or Florida, wherever you're from, LA mm -hmm. for sure, San Francisco definitely higher. You know, they all have different. That's why we need to sit down and negotiate these rates, whatever they may be. I don't know. Yeah. And I actually think that it will happen on a city by city basis because you can't do overnight a nationwide like Seattle, New York type legislation because. It's just simple laws of economics. Like you drive the price way up, it's gonna drive the demand way down. Then, like you, yeah, you're gonna be making twenty bucks an, an active hour. But if there's no orders coming in, like actually, Pedro and I were talking about this on your live stream the other day. I had Uber on for two hours, and it's like, it's not that I got crappy offers; that I got no offers at all. And I had UberX, Connect, and Uber Eats all turned on. And this is like on a Friday afternoon when you know people. Are ordering food for work and for the weekend and like even it's like every app i mean it's also january so maybe there's that but it's i just can't believe that it's the demand is so low or that the supply of gig workers is so high or a perfect storm of both uh, i think no i think it's definitely uh supplies as high as it's ever been ever I think customer so, demand is down too. No, are... I'm, I'm, I, my channel checks are not saying that. I mean, the earnings are coming out in a week and a half, all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think demand is down. I think there's just more mouse to feed. The pie is about the same size and growing maybe single digits, but the mouse to feed from the yeah. same pie is a lot more. I've actually, I, when I used to do a regular podcast a few years ago, I was saying that like the, there, there needs to be like a calling. There's way, way too many gig workers and... I would yeah. have no problem with like a mass layoff of like half the gig workforce. How does that they happen? Don't want it, the companies companies don't want that. Why would they want that? Like you want to get every rideshare driver picked, every rideshare passenger picked yeah. up in five minutes or less, and you want the food to get there as fast as you can. So the only way that's going to happen is have ten car tens of tens of thousands of cars in the city yeah. waiting. I don't know. Uber yeah. driver on every corner. Yeah, it's great for Uber, yeah. but it sucks for yeah. the driver. Yeah, well, that's why my utilization rate in LA used to be 98% as a rideshare driver, right? Now it's down to 62%. Why is that? That's because there's eight, eight cars at every corner in LA. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. it's like demand is not doubling. So I'm like, you know, again, that, 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 that will take care of itself at some point, right? Market forces always will take care of itself, you know? Um, but at some point, you know, again, like at the start, when I said everybody has to be realistic with themselves, right? Why are you doing this? Are you making money? Are you a profitable entity? You know, look, uh, full timers, like a lot of your people are Pedro are probably full timers, right? 
and you know those are the grinders and those people are definitely not making what they were making a few years ago it's just not happening and yeah you know unless but, you got a uh, pot <laughs> yeah so. gentlemen i appreciate it i'm gonna let a few other guys up i want to see what these people got to say sergio i appreciate your time I'll I'm, you. I'm, okay let's go another 10 minutes let's go another 10 minutes okay okay <laughs> you I'm going to bring up a few other people then. All right. You guys ready for that? We good? Let's okay. see what you guys got to say. So I got my man, the Gig Bell Tolls. I see Bud Soda in here. He's a fan favorite. Um, I see, I'm going to bring Slavic up here. I want to bring the Gig Guy up here. Okay. Oh, shit, Slavic. I want to start with uh, the Gig Bell Tolls first. Gig Bell Tolls, anti or pro legislation? What do you think? Uh, how do you. Man, it's just a very double edged sword. I mean, it's. Sure, we could get some proper legisla legislation and it could work out for us. Mm -hmm. But then the, I think if people were to make like, what, 30 bucks an hour, well, this Texas hell, they'd be lucky to make 20 bucks an hour. But um, 20 bucks an hour, like driving, then they, I think it just, the oversaturation problem would skyrocket. And we just wouldn't see a lot of work. And also, <laughs> Texas government sucks, dude. <laughs> I mean, really, it does. Yeah, you don't want those. We don't want those people involved in our work, man. Not at all. <laughs> Something needs to happen. I see what you're saying, Sergio. Absolutely. They're not labor friendly. They're not labor friendly in Texas. So you're not going to find no. a city council that's going <laughs> to. Um, not at all. But but the thing, the thing is that look, did, did the oversaturation without the wages being so high happen anyway? Didn't it happen anyway? Uh, yeah, you could argue that. But like I said, but I'm also a. I'm a very heavy multi-apper. I'm uh, like you, GigTube, but I, I have like eight different apps that are my, that are on my phone. I don't have as many as you do, but I have I have a lot. But uh, well, you know, you guys are all you guys are all veterans, you know. But then the newcomer doesn't have eight apps. Well, see, I'm not that I'm not that new. I'm still pretty new. This is about, uh, I've only been in this for a year. Okay, and uh, yeah, but you're a smart newcomer. Ninety percent are not. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> With the. Uh... Slavic, how about you, Slavic? Uh, legislation, not legislation, unions, do you think we need what Joe Biden's pushing? Are we better off right now? What's your opinion? I'm not aware what Biden's pushing, but uh, <laughs> here's right. something that, I'm sorry, I'm not in the gig, gig world at this point. Uh, I just, you know, start coming in because I kind of see what you guys are up to. But uh, this is the question, and I'm, the question is, as a businessman, as a businessman from the past, there's a, something called supply and demand. And we need to separate the supply and demand from the customer side and from the driver side. And the company, when they look and they see too many applications applying for to get on the app, that means there is huge supply, uh, uh, huge supply of drivers. They need to reduce the price to match the demand. When they drop the price, then, the, then it evens out, and that is what right now every company is looking and saying, hey, we need to adjust. Same thing, let's say, for you guys to understand supply and demand is, let's say you have uh, 100 um, spoons to sell, and everybody wants it because you market for a dollar. And you're like, wait a minute, I have uh, 100 spoons, but I, but I have an order enough for 1,000 spoons. So, so, so what auctioneers do? They start raising the price. To find a price where they can actually balance out and say, hey, we have 10 spoons, we have 10 buyers. And that's the top dollar that's uh, being paid. 
same thing in a in any business the price adjusts now when we go in and hey i'm not against going in creating uh, and raising a higher pay but you guys need to also look at what is going to uh, attract you're going to have four drivers more sitting on that corner because right now everybody's going to want to make 30 35 bucks an hour you can have mm -hmm. a lot more drivers sitting in the corner asking for that same drive so uh, same order so now you're going to go up before you were getting four orders right now you're making the same money but only doing one order that's it if there is no compensation for an hourly but if you do have a compensation from maybe it's going to be worth it i have no clue so, so you're saying free market economics is going to take care of all the supply. So they're going to lower the price to a point that everybody's going to quit and then balance is going to be found. Is that what you're saying? Until they'll find enough of people that will work to cover the... And there's, and there's one thing that you guys are not realizing. Prices will not be going because every year there's enough of teenagers that turn in 18, get in their driver's license, get in their car, and they're, oh, and they're ready to jump into our position into, and, and take those orders. Okay. And they're willing to take those orders for pennies less. Okay. So okay. the question is, are we holding on for something that somebody's willing to do for less? And we're trying to scream and say, hey, more? Hey, go for it. Okay. But the question well, is, how far will it take before you say, wait a minute. Okay, I got right now $3, in, uh, $3 a mile. Fantastic. But I only driven two miles for an hour. And I made uh, 12 bucks. Great. <laughs> That's what's happening, though. Now. I mean, look, you have orders. You have, look, how do you think or DoorDash pushed out 562 million orders? Is it because everybody's making 30 bucks an hour? Is that what's happening? No. no. So you have DoorDash pushing less than $2 base pay orders, and somebody is doing those orders. Okay. So according to your supply and demand theory, how much lower? Is it going to go to zero <laughs> before everybody quits and balance is found? Is that what's going to happen? No. It's I not mean, look, people are doing the job still for shit pay now, and they were doing the job for shit pay a year ago. They were doing the job for shit pay two years ago. So I'm not sure that's ever going to end without a pushback. And that's the pushback. Legislation is the pushback. So but we'll have to see. If you, if you, if you go with the legislation, include a cap of drivers. Then you're going to have a good deal sitting on the table. Without a cap of drivers, uh, you're just gonna you're just going against yourself. Not sure. Okay. Take Let me get, the word to, for it. get the gig guys' perspective. The gig guys. So, what's your take on this conversation tonight? Share your perspective. So I'm against the legislation. Um, I think it's a bad idea. I don't think we should be asking the government and the company to decide what our pay wage is. If you think about this, I mean, we got into this kind of work to be independent. And now you're basically treating it as a W-2 job is what you're doing. And my, my what, so what I'm thinking is, if, if that's what you want, why not deliver for Domino's? Have a, have a steady wage, make tips as well, and then you'll have what you want, be treated fairly like you're saying. So basically, you jump onto DoorDash using the one app, and you're hoping that this one app is gonna you know make great money for you well that's not what this is so it's an independent platform so you should have other platforms as well multiple multiple <laughs> ways to get more work for yourself as an independent see like that, today for instance i made 350 bucks today i okay. did that because you grossed you, you grossed 350 you didn't make 350. Yeah. you grossed 300. Well, 
So what I'm saying is I was able to do that because I yeah. use multiple apps. I don't sit on Great. one app and take all of the, take everything that comes across the screen and then complain yeah. when I'm like, oh man, I'm not making the, no. You, Congrats. you accept the work that is fair to you as an independent yeah. and you make yeah. it, you know, you, you combo these together and then you're able to make the income that you want to make. But when uh, you all, treat all power to you, all power to you. And, and do you think, okay, do you think legislation is going to hurt you? Is that why, is that why you're saying? Absolutely. Because when you, so basically what's going to happen in the end, ultimately is like, we've been saying Uber, you know, DoorDash, all of these companies are going to say, okay, we have to pay you more, but obviously we can't drain the customer for that cash. So what we're going to do is we're going to offer the platform not to tip anymore. <laughs> then, you're, then they're going to they're going to make you sign. They're basically you're going to have to you're going to have to hop on the clock. They're going to say I'm going to put you in this area. You're going to work these hours, and that's that. You're basically putting yourself back into a W two position. And then when that happens, the multi apping is is no longer going to be a thing because you're not going to be able to let's say take a Instacart order and then. As you're coming out of the store, turn DoorDash on, grab a DoorDash on your way to turn a $25 order into, you know, $30, $35. See what I'm saying? So other than other than uh, other than Pedro's 70,000 subscribers and ours, how many people do you think are, are doing exactly what you're doing? I have the, I have the data. I will gladly share that data with you. How many people do you think? How many how many gig workers do you think are multi-apping? What percentage do you think? Uh, probably, probably, I don't know the exact percentage, but it's probably Mo low. And I think that's what where this problem is coming from. Like extremely low. Go, go extremely low. I'll give you the number. 53% are multi-apping. 47% are on one app. Okay. Well, yeah, well so, I mean, so, so, if you're on, so, so let me ask you this. If you're on one app and you're not making the money that you want to make, why are you still using that one app? Why not go back to a W2? That, great. That's what I'm saying. You should go back to a W two. So if you're so when you so when you ask for this legislation, you're basically asking DoorDash to turn themselves into a W two job, which not at all, not not, not at all, because even even with the legislation, you're not going to get the benefits that a W two job has, like health benefits. You're not going to get any of that over time. You're not going to get any of that. So in the you know app work is never going to be comparable to a W two proper W two. I'm not talking about you know have um part-time w2 work that you don't get any benefits and things like that so my my point in all this is that if you all are very successful in your markets i would strongly suggest you get out of your bubbles and look everybody wants to look out for themselves i understand but you need to get out of your bubbles you need to figure out there is 12 other million people who are doing this probably much less successfully than than you are and I understand this, you know, I'm successful. That's all I care. I mean, I get it. I get the point. But I think there is a much bigger picture that people are just kind of, you know, overlooking. And, you know, again, everybody has their right um, to, to look at legislation the way they want. But to me, at some point, you know, I, I have no problem with these companies doing what they're doing. And if I was these companies, I'd probably do much worse than they are. Um, but when... <laughs> When things comes to, you know, take Sergio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, if I was running an algo, I'd probably, you know, do it worse. Uh, <laughs> but 
I, I'm thinking that the bigger picture has to be, I'm looking at the bigger picture. You know, all these, you guys are all professionals, multi-apping, hustling, doing whatever you guys are doing, and you guys don't want that to change. I fully understand that. But I'm kind of looking at the bigger picture, and I think the bigger picture needs a little bit of help. Let me get uh, Brian. Brian, you unmute yourself if you can. So what are your thoughts on the... Uh, the, on the so I, I'm... I just wanted to say real quick, first off, Sergio, Pedro, thank you guys both. I have listened to hundreds of hours of your content. You have helped me immeasurably. I'm a commercial driver personally, so I have a nice W-2. I've been doing that almost 10 years. I've been in the gig space for going on two years now. Started with Walmart Spark. Seeing about adding, you know, um, Pedro came up on my YouTube, got some information. I added in... Uh, Uber Eats, Grubhub, Instacart a little bit, and um, Roadie, I get a little bit of that. So I'm a hustler, baby. You know, I'm out there uh, grinding full-time, overtime in my job, my, my regular job. I can do, you know, another 40 hours, maybe 60 hours, multi-apping. I live in a rural area, so close to my house, it's uh, only, you know, a couple Spark and DoorDash. Uh, but I have a college town, Big Ten University, you know, within an hour drive. So I can go up there and dirty up as much as I want. Like I say, you know, just as an aside, before I get back to our conversation here, you could have half the town ordering or looking for a ride share and half the town driving, and you would still not have enough drivers. Okay, mm -hmm. it is crazy. So as far as legislation goes, I think these companies would step on us, kick us to the curb. They would just as soon see us dead working for nothing or slave wages rather than pay us fair. So I think that we do need legislation like, like both of you gentlemen, I'm not a big fan of the government and uh, you know, but w without some oversight here, they are going to have us just working for tips, which is basically the way it is now. Yeah. Uh, I think what Chad said, you know, with the purge, okay, what we need as far as legislation goes, Basically, you need to shake out a bunch of these drivers. They're, the, the, the apps are trying to do everything for everybody. You know, they want these uh, low-life people that don't want to tip getting their food delivered to them for nothing. You know, you have these uh, uh, undocumented workers like Sergio brings up, you know, being abused. Uh, you have part-timers like the soccer moms, and then you have full-time overtimers. You got guys in their 50s that you know, maybe are struggling in the W-2 space to get a good job and uh, they don't have much of an option but to go to the gig space. But right now, it's just, it's too much for too many. You know, the oversaturation is a problem. I think perfect scenario, just to kind of sum up wh where I'm at, what I think, they need to pay a fair wage, okay? If it's not fair, then there's a labor shortage in this country, you know, more gig drivers just need to get out and maybe get a W-2 to supplement that, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, what, what's the option? Like you said, a driver on every corner with no, basically no orders. If that's not paying your bills, if that's not fulfilling your time, you need to find something else. You know, there's plenty out there. You got to, like Pedro says constantly, you got to adapt. You got to figure out what works for you. But uh, this this is untenable. You know, there, there's just too many people waiting in the wings to get abused. Uh, and 
I, I just don't see it continuing the way it is. I, I appreciate you guys for giving me the time. Oh, you're good. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Much appreciated. I want to ask you one question. What, what's a fair wage? When we say that, when we use that that terminology, right? What what do you think a fair wage would be from DoorDash and Uber? Like, what what's the? Are we talking about like nothing should be below a certain amount, or what is that? What well, do you mean? I, I would say that's really market dependent. Okay, <laughs> but, you know, based on my listening to the different gig spaces, <laughs> it depends on where you're at. Where I live in, in the sticks here, it's a very low cost of living, but I don't have to go too far off for it to go way up. And I see, you know, when I change zones, how DoorDash is paying differently on the earned by time. I'm sure the base fares are quite a lot different from what you talk about, <laughs> what you're offered on shops and Instacarts and things of that nature. I can't give you a straight number because it depends on where you're at. It's it's going to be market specific, and they have the research. Okay. Do you do you think do you think it should be as low as the federal minimum wage is seven dollars and twenty five cents? Well, like your guest last week, and I just listened to your show from last week this morning. You know that that has not been adjusted for inflation for what did you say 40 50 years yeah that's a joke yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i could literally drive around the fast food restaurants and scrounge more change under the drive-through <laughs> than try to depend on that yeah so yeah how about this how about like you know i saw a comment because it's flying around but you know prop 22 nationwide um you know the companies want that companies would love that actually you know every city has a minimum wage and Prop 22 basically is 120% of the minimum wage plus some uh, benefits if you work enough hours. Yeah. Well, at um, certain, your point when you talked about localized proper legislation, getting with your yeah. councilman or women, right? And then having things that work for where you live, right? Yeah. And not yeah. having some kind of federal thing. Um, it, it goes to that point. I want to I get Roy in here. Then I'm going to have uh, Robert talk. But Roy, so... I, I feel I know where you stand on this, but let the people know. Legislation, not legislation. What, what are your thoughts? Well, there, there's two sides to it. Legislation can help. Legislation can hurt. So, first of all, when I hear anybody say, pay me a livable wage or pay me a fair wage, you got an employee mindset right off the bat. Because true independent contractor, they go out and make their wage. That's the point of being independent. So you can go out and make the money you want to make. Um, not relying can on you? to give you that wage. Okay. Can you? You're asking, can you? But, but, can I what? Uh, Roy, can you make the money you want to make as an independent contractor with apps? Um, sure. I've seen there's multiple people on YouTube that do it every day that we see. Okay. That we no, YouTube, to every YouTube, day. YouTube, so YouTube is not reality. Did I do it? Yes, I did it. I okay. did it. When YouTube I is not reality. What I'm saying is this as a true independent contractor, I'm sure you have some friends who are you know, electricians and plumbers and air conditioning contractors, right? The huge okay. difference between the app worker versus those people, first of all, the app worker is bringing the tools of, to, tools of the trade to work, which is their car or vehicle, whatever they're using. Um, but the, the other difference is, as a true independent contractor, you most of the time bid on a job. You have no power in what the job is going to pay you in, in app work, I mean, they could want the same job can pay you two bucks, and then a minute later, they could pay you five bucks. Yeah, but so there is like you have that, a glass ceiling, but that works in every business that works in contractor business. If you're building a house, you got to bid for houses to build. That works in all all areas of contractor work. Not so in app work. Say, so say what? Not in app work. 
Sure it is. You have the choice. They give you the option to take the order or don't take the order. If you choose to take the order, guess what? That's on you. That's not on the app. That's when the, the price is when, when the price is controlled by the app and year after year that price is going down, the, the price I'm not seeing too much app. of a choice. That, that, the, the app is being controlled by the customers that the, the app is getting. They charge the customer, then they give you a partial of what they charge the customer as a base fare. That's the way I see it. Because the, yeah. most of the the apps aren't even in charge of paying you. Your money is coming from the customers only. The app yes. takes that five dollar fee. They give you two fifty of that. And they, what they, has they, happened? They what has happened? What has happened? Do you think that 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 uh, margin that the companies run at is called the take rate? What do you think has happened to the take rate over the last five years in rideshare and delivery space? Well, it's like any corporation or any business. They have to at some point. They're going to have to take more to increase the amount of profit for themselves, their investors, and to run the apps. You're running, if you want to do your app in USA, okay, you need this much money to run your app in USA. All these all these companies are running apps worldwide. So mm -hmm. yes, they're going to have to take mm -hmm. more at one point to keep a worldwide market running properly. Um, they're the ones that they're the ones put the initial investment. They got to pay for the servers. The more people that use the service, the more drivers they have, the more servers they got to pay for. Um, the more the more IT people they got to pay for, the more they expand their business out around the world. Customer service, they got to hire more people in India or where the, wherever they get those people from. They got to do that. So there. So at one point, in order for them to expand the business to keep you guys employed. They are going to have to, at some point, take more of that money to reinvest it into the business to keep the business going. Okay, no, that's that, a that, perfect corporate. That's a perfect corporate uh, strategy. Look, uh, I get that. Except that my my only problem. Look, I'm a capitalist. I was on Wall Street for 20 years. Yeah, the stocks go up, stocks go down. They become billionaires. That's not my problem. I wish I say it all the time. I wish I was the one that figured out Uber. Um, the point is not that. The point is that when you have companies, look, delivery is a three-sided marketplace. Rideshare is a two-sided marketplace. In a, in in rideshare, two-sided marketplace is you have the driver and you have the passenger. In deliveries, you have a three-sided marketplace, which is the restaurant, the driver, right, and the consumer. All of this is controlled by the corporate entity. Okay. All of this, everybody's prices are controlled. What charge to what customer with what flexibility they have or what elasticity they have is controlled by the customer. What's paid to the driver, what kind of commission is collected from the restaurant, it's all, they're in charge, right? So when you when nobody's in control, all three sides who are providing a living to those IT people and servers and all that stuff, no control. None whatsoever, other than when you turn the app on, when you turn the app off, and what order to take and what not to take. Other than that, as an app worker, if you have, if you think you have any control with the possibility of getting fired tomorrow for no reason whatsoever, then you guys are fooling yourselves. Because well, all I'm saying why, is, and that's why I call you guys gig employees because you're to me, you you've never been a true independent contractor because you do have to rely on somebody else. In order for you to get your money, it's no different than my W two. I rely on my W two to take my orders, get my tips, do everything. It's no different, so that's why I call you guys gig employees anyway. Yeah, but hold on, you've never been a true independent. I don't contractor. think so, anyway. Roy. Even true independent contractors are always relying on somebody to make to pay them. 
Yeah, but but a true independent contractor has the ability to negotiate their earnings. True. They have they have the ability to negotiate when they want to work. You guys technically don't get to really negotiate when you work because your market dictates when you work. You if you if you choose to work midnight to four when there's doo doo orders, you're gonna make doo doo money. So what's your gonna be your your goal is to work the schedule that's gonna make you the most money: lunch, dinner, breakfast. So technically, okay. you are still working a schedule, whether you believe it or not. You are working a schedule that, in, in terms, is controlled by the customer and controlled by the app. I'm agreeing 100% with Roy here, by the way. Right? You have no flexibility on freedom. You have to you work have, when yeah, and where exactly. you're busy. So yeah, exactly. I'm actually and agreeing with Roy says, here. Yeah, exactly. When everybody says, oh, I'm an independent, I got all this flexibility and freedom. Well, yeah, your, flexibility, your flexibility is still controlled by the app because, once again, lunch, dinner, breakfast, you have to work those in order to make your money. So, once again, your freedom and flexibility is controlled by the app. The more yeah. they lower your money, right. the more you're controlled by the app because – your freedom is then taken away when they lower the money or whatever the case may be, because now you got to work 50 hours instead of 40 to make the same money. So you're yes. always controlled by the app. So you're never a true independent contractor. In my opinion, it's never been that way because you're always working. I, I agree with Roy. I agree so, with Roy. Okay. 100%. okay. So let's sit, let's take that and run with that. And let's just say that that's true. We're, we're, we are, we obviously are misclassified. We're not true independent contractors, whatever, you know, whatever, but let's say that we are controlled by the app and our market dictates our schedule based on uh, demand, right? And we have to go out and work Friday, Saturday, and you got to work dinner and you got to, whatever it is, maybe breakfast is good for you, right? What it led could could then in that theory, if we're controlled and we don't want to be controlled, wouldn't legislation help in some ways or not? Well, yeah, and I, and I do believe some legislation would help, but you got, you got, you, that's got to be fine tuned. Um, you just and, and another thing with legislation, yes, it may help in the in the short term. But what happens when you get more and more legislation on a city and state level? Guess who starts to want to kick in the federal level? So you, you start you're starting a chain reaction. Once you start at the city level, you're going to start the state level and then boom, the federal level is going to kick in. So, yes, it can help in the short term, like. But it can also hurt you at the same time because, okay, let's say you legislate like Seattle, you get a minimum of $26 an hour. Those part-timers now may want to become full-timers because guess what? They're guaranteed this $26 now. So not only now you're having to work more hours to get your $26 an hour because now you got a bunch of people jumping on full-time that may have been part-time. So right. in that term, yes, the legislation helped you get $26, but that also at the same time hurts you because now you got shit ton more drivers out there taking those $26 an hour orders that you used to take. So that cuts into your problem. No, no, but, but Roy, there, there, okay, in New York, in the state of New York, the $26, um, that's a floor, right? That's a floor that uh -huh. they passed. And that's on active hours again, right? So you guys need to understand the difference between what all these numbers are flying around is. The $26 in Seattle, there is no floor. They have set a rate by miles and minutes, and you accept, you drive 10 miles plus half hour, that's what you get paid. There is no floor. What the companies are doing is in California, let's say with Prop 22, there is a floor that you cannot make less than that. Now, that's a, that's a protection for right. the drive. Well, not ride share so much, but for the courier, that's a, that's a decent protection. Because when I deliver, I get money from Prop 22 all the time because it doesn't pay enough, right? But... So basically, what's the, what, what they did in California is they had the rideshare drivers 
subsidize the delivery drivers basically and and all of this by the way so will you guys understand when the legislation happens um all of this is being paid by the consumer period okay all of prop 22 is funded in california into the billions by the consumer by the consumer being charged 75 cents to buck 50 on each rideshare trip and delivery order and the other thing that's happening by the way most full-timers in California and, and, and as a courier do get Prop 22 help. But who's helping them? The 10-hour driver, the part-timer that you guys are thinking is going to you know, um, drive, they're not collecting any Prop 22 money. The way these all these laws these companies have written is basically eliminates 85% of those part-timers out. Just like DoorDash says, drive 10 hours. You have no rights, buddy. You're just going to go subsidize the guy that's doing it full-time. So that's why Prop 22 is kind of working in California, right? But in New York City, there's a different story. In New York State, they passed the 26. That's a minimum wage guarantee per active hour. Not like I'm sitting in my car watching YouTube and getting 26 bucks an hour. It doesn't work. It's not that simple. So, yeah. so to me, it's like, look, I actually agree with everything Roy said. Um, you know, you guys are not two independent contractors. You guys are fooling yourselves. Yes, you do have some sort of flexibility and freedom. Uh, but you know, like he said again, Roy, you know, the, the go work between 12 to 12 a.m. or you know, uh, to yeah. the you know, pothead crowd, you're not gonna, you're gonna get all the no tip orders and you want to deliver those, deliver those. But in order to be successful at this, um, I again, I'm gonna leave in five, but legislation is something to stop the trend, the trend in earnings. You can look at this. Um, many, many different cities, many, many different states. I am hoping and wishing that all of you are successful in your own little bubbles, in your own one little state or city. But that is not the picture that we're seeing as far as the overall trend is concerned. Even if you listen to these companies, it's not, it's not good. The reason it's not good is because, again, what Roy said, they have to charge as much and pay as little as they can to be profitable, have their shareholders be happy, all that good stuff, which is fine. That's the way the world works. But at this point, working for tips, to me, as a courier, is not attractive. So if it's attractive to you guys and you guys don't want legislation, I by the time legislation comes around, you all just vote your city council people out who are friendly to the courier community. So. But then you also got to ask, what, what else are you, are you trying to legislate? Is it just the money part about it? Or because as far as safety goes. No, it's a package. It's a package. You can't, you can't do, you can't, in my opinion, legislate, uh, legislate safety because that's like asking criminals to follow rules. They don't do yeah, I've had, Again, it's you're a, right a, again. And no, I, you're and right I again. Said this in the, and, and I said, if you are going to legislate safety, then your goal should be is to get yourself to be a protected person. Taxi drivers, police, fire department, those are protected drivers, which means if you are assaulted criminally or whatever, they get harsher penalties. That's what people, that, but I hear shit like they need to do background checks. That's impossible. That's like that's yeah. like expecting 7-Eleven, every person who walks into 7-Eleven to it's fucking a get a background check before they buy a Slurpee. So so some of this stuff I see <laughs> like where legislation can help, but it also hurts because it's like they're not looking at the right picture. It's like, 
oh, I'm worried about getting shot. Well, you're in a business where you're dealing with the public. Anybody, you can get shot walking out of your house by a I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I mean, look, Uber did two and a half billion orders last quarter, okay? Ride share and deliveries. Billion would that be? Not dollars worth, individual count. If I took two and a half billion steps walking somewhere, I'm sure I'll break a hip and a leg and break, break, crack my skull or whatever. Shit's going to happen. Not as far as safety, but I'm sure in your communities as prevalent as it is in the rideshare community is that, you know, there's unjust deactivations. We know it happens. I mean, look, you know, they're, they're purging a whole bunch of people in California, DoorDash specifically, because they're accusing them of milking the Prop 22 clock. And I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to do in New York City now. With the new rule saying that, you know, they put the timer on you. If you're one minute above, you get your violation. Second one, you're gone. So, yeah, but, look, but we, but they we are going to do these things. But we know that. But at least, but, but, but Roy, Roy, I, I mean, I'm telling you, this, this industry is 10 years old. They came around like elephant in a china closet, bring pretty much breaking every city, state, and federal law when it comes to transportation and every other thing. To, and they established themselves. They're here. They're not going anywhere. I think I think what they need is that some sort of well what needs to happen now what I think Roy a package okay a package like higher pay maybe minimum wage guarantees just like in California right which companies want that so I don't think you guys should disagree at least if I'm deactivated I should have the right to be in front of a human being as about some AI bot firing me because some asshole passenger or a, a consumer, you know, said I didn't get my food, right? So at least some sort of protection that if you want to do this as a career, which I advise absolutely not to, is that you have some sort of protections and on a human level, as opposed to just like robotic, you know, algorithms firing you, hiring you, all this shit, right? So, but no, I agree with Roy. I think most but, of this legislation, I think is, you guys are too afraid of legislation. We're not telling but, you, we're not telling the companies, uh, you must pay this or blah, 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 none of that stuff. So, I wanted to get a Robert's perspective, but I, I don't know if he's still with us. I don't see him in the screen. Maybe he's doing deliveries. Um, I'm going to, I don't see Robert. I'm okay. here. Okay, you're there. I'll, 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 I'll leave so somebody you're, else can come out. But nice talk to you, Sergio. I'll Good talk. job, bro. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Be safe, bro. Be safe. Be safe, bro. Good talking. Oh, okay. All right, Robert, go ahead. G- give me your thoughts on tonight's topic. Okay, I'm sorry that I'm agitated in my body language, but the things you are saying are just like regurgitating uh, a USA Today article or whatever. What that people are not doing is they're not adjusting. They're not spending the time and pounding the pavement. Everybody says, oh, the COVID shutdown, blah, blah, blah. I was hardly making anything. I was making $1,000 uh, at my W-2 for two weeks. I'm making $1,000 for one week. Okay, yeah, you say I'm putting mileage on my gas. My tax lady, she helps me. I use Everlance. I declare every mile. I don't pay taxes. I, mm-hmm. I get a refund. So it bothers me. That everybody says, oh, my Whoa. God, we're only making $6. I worked at McDonald's when I was 14. I made five twenty-five. So now McDonald's workers want $15. A number two meal was two ninety-nine. dollars Now it's like eight ninety-nine. dollars So things have changed. Okay. Inflation has hit. Minimum wage is still seven twenty-five, dollars But 
in certain cities like Seattle, like Chicago, like New York, you pay for the amazingness of those cities, financial capital of the world, computer capital of the world, uh, San Jose, uh, Silicon Valley. They got nice shit. So yeah, they're going to want, you know, 17, $18 an hour, New York, 29, 26. So this legislation is probably necessary in those cities, but around here in Northern Milwaukee, I got rich people everywhere who are tipping me good. We got earned by time. It's 1325, mm -hmm. but during peak pay, it's doubled. So sometimes it's 2375 and I stay active for 45 out of 60 of those minutes. So I'm sorry that I'm agitated because the things you're saying to me are not happening to me and they're not happening to the person. In, but again, in rural. but again, you know, Robert, I appreciate your comment, but again, you know, it seems like a lot of everybody here is saying me, 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 me is like, I, I get it. I get, by the way, the reason you're not paying taxes is because you're taking the 65 and a half cent mileage deduction. And it goes to show you, if you're not paying taxes, you're not actually making true money. You're just paying your bills and spinning your wheels. So I pay you should be paying taxes. You should be paying taxes. If you're not paying taxes, there's something wrong. Huh? I pay estimated quarterly taxes every year. I'm very honest. I have a tax lady. Well, I'm not saying you're cheating. I'm just saying your profit margin is probably not high enough for you to pay taxes. That's what I'm saying. But, but look, I just told if, you that if, I make a thousand is, in, in one week and I was only making a thousand in two weeks at my W2. Oh, absolutely. So hey, for you, for you, for that's you, gross. Amazing. for you, amazing. That's gross. Yeah, but that's okay. I, I so all I'm saying is if there is legislation that comes to Milwaukee, city of Milwaukee, and, and you don't like it, I'm, I hope you make your voice heard and go talk well, to your legislators. And, and I, I don't think there is one in Milwaukee's. And I don't know if Milwaukee's a red, red, red uh, city council or a blue Extremely city council. Extremely blue. Extremely, Extremely blue. blue. Okay, then, yes. then you should be watching out. Um, but uh, I, I, you know, have your voices heard. Look, there's two sides of the coin. Like it, don't like it. I appreciate all of it. And I appreciate you being fair. Um, but at the same oh, time, cool. I mean, um, when COVID hit, every restaurant put up like three parking spots. Hey, you know, we'll bring it out to you. You know, we're being cautious. Please wear a mask, everything like that. Everyone was like, oh my God, I was making 34 an hour. Well, like it wasn't that great because there was a lot of drivers um, because either they got laid off or furloughed. But right now in my market and when I travel and I always want to dash when I travel, I did it in Denver. It's just, if you, as long as you're keeping the wheels moving and you're not just sitting in a, a Panera parking lot, you're going to make good money. And I don't think legislation are you, is necessary. Robert, are you single? Are you single? I am. I am. Okay. Yeah, that's why this lifestyle works for you. But again, in the bigger picture, as a rideshare driver is trying to feed mouse and take care of your family, you know, people are getting squashed out here. I'm telling you. And as the same thing as a courier. A lot of this stuff is not about just one driver. It's about millions and millions of people who do need some sort of protection, who do need some sort of, you know, stability as opposed to up and down, colors change on the app, bells and whistles and all that stuff, right? Again, this is a new industry. You know, it's going to take a long time for legislation to come through. They're oh, yeah. powerful companies. I wouldn't worry too much about legislation, but at some point, at some point, as a worker, some sort of stability is necessary to continue doing this. 
especially if you're going to do this as a career and it seems like that's your choice at the moment because you're making twice as much money as you were making at your regular job. All kudos mm -hmm. to you. You figured it out. You're doing it. But again, I just want all of you to look at bigger picture as opposed to just me. I'm good. Don't touch me. Well, okay. I hear right. that. Let me, let's, so do you remember in 2000? Sure. Go ahead, Robert. Go ahead. Say, do you yeah. remember in 2014 ahead, when Lyft first came out in Chicago and San Francisco? 2012 in San Francisco. It was a suggested donation. And the balloon would get happy when you would give a good donation. But then when you gave a crappy one, it balloon would pop. Then uh, Lyft and Uber got so big, they're like, wow, none of this suggested donation anymore. We're we're getting way bigger than we thought we were, way faster than we thought we were. More drivers, more people that don't want to take taxis because they, they like sitting in the front seat and giving a fist bump to the um to the driver. But it's changed. It's evolved. It's it's huge. Uber is huge. Lyft is huge. Um, they both went public. So things are changing, but this is just capitalism and, and, and you got to adjust. This is not, I was in Portugal and I took an Uber. I'm like, why is it $2.23? That's Portugal. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure any of that is relevant to legislation or no legislation, but all I know is I, I am a capitalist at heart and I've always been. Um, the companies are running the capitalistic um, scenarios or, you know, that's on that's that's their schedule. I don't think as a gig worker, you can call yourself a capitalist, but, um, you know, difference of opinion, agree to disagree. So you were on, you were on wall street, right? So you know about stocks and stuff. Yeah, I sure do. Yeah. So I wish, I wish I bought, I wish I bought Uber when upfront tears came around and their take rate went through the roof and stock was 21, now it's 63. So, you know, but all I'm saying is none of this is happening because there is some sort of luck is going on. In a two-sided, three-sided marketplace, they're gonna squeeze both sides of the coin until the drivers figure this out. You know, they're just gonna happily accept $3 orders and move on. And yes, this this group with Pedro 70,000, nobody takes trash, I get it. Everybody multi-apps, cherry picks, all that good stuff. That's not even a like a pebble on the ocean, right? And my concern is for the rest of it, rest of the uh, community who is suffering, it really is. And and uh, but you know that's also could be a difference of opinion. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could, are, it's a whole other why are they suffering? Why are yeah. they working for DoorDash if DoorDash is hurting them so bad? Why? Not? That's exactly the question I get asked when I talk to Uber and Lyft every week, right? Because I kind of I'm a skeptic of their of what they're doing. And they asked me this last week, and I can tell you guys this now. I go, Serge, if everything is so bad, why are six and a half million people doing this for Uber, right? I mean, you kind of, you're constantly complaining. Why are they doing it? You know, why are why is six and a half million people doing it? I go, half part of it is addiction, part of it is desperation. And look, there is some benefits to it. You will make some money. I'm not telling you, you're not going to make any money. So you actually, you're guaranteed to make some money. What I want is that I want a little bit more stability. Maybe I want a little bit more, um, you know, I want a little bit more consistency as opposed to this, you know, up and down kind of a thing that goes on in this industry. But, you know, um, time will tell where that's going to go. Welcome, uh, the show and uh, Bud Soda. Welcome, him. Bud Soda, you got the floor, man. What are your thoughts on tonight's topic? Then I'll kick it over to Tristan. 
Okay, Sergio. Um, I disagree with you for the most part on uh, guaranteed wages. I do not like guaranteed wages because then they restrict you what you can do as independent. It makes you more employee like. You have That's to play That's their ball. Opinion. That's the uh, Prop 22. So you disagree with Prop 22. That's the guaranteed wage. But yeah, New York City is the same way. If you try to multi app, even single apping, taking a single app, well, not even single app, single app to orders at a time, you can't do it the traditional multi apping, single order at app to orders at a time way, like you'd like. Because if you do, you get throttled. And that's what New York City is experiencing right now. So. You have to like work the scheduled block that you did for whatever app, whether it be Grubhub, Uber, or DoorDash. And that just doesn't work for most gig workers. Most of us are hustlers. We're business-minded, free entrepreneurs. And I don't think that just because the majority can't hack it or the part-timers complain they don't make 30 an hour like they did during Rona, why should I be, uh, why, okay, I shouldn't say I, why should we business-minded hustlers be punished for that? Now, what the app should, the Colorado kind of thing, fair deactivation policy, they have to have a clear-cut thing. It costs them pennies, and that's what their biggest stick-up was. So they charged a customer less than a nickel to have that. And there's <laughs> these guarantees cost way more than that. And then, and they seem to not have a problem with some of the guarantees like Prop 22. And then well, that, that at the same time- oh, Look, that, uh, about Toto, that was my thing when I talked to uh, Josh Gold at Uber. Yeah, I go, It seems like you guys supported with your $250 million, something called Prop 22 in uh, California. But on the other coast, when the New York minimum wage rule came in, you guys are completely against it. Which one is it, right? I mean, it, to me, it didn't make sense that they were so adamantly against it. On one coast, I mean, they literally spent 250 million to pass Prop 22, and then on the other coast, they go like, "Oh, that's bad. It's horrible." I'm like, "What happened?" So, is it you guys don't like Prop 22 anymore, or you guys don't like that one? I'm not even sure what's going on here now. That you guys are. It, it, it was their. It was a last minute ditch effort for their compromise to AB5, which is what they want to do on a federal level, like Roy was saying earlier. But at the same time, these apps need to be held accountable. Uber's one saving grace when I first onboarded, mind you, I haven't been on it very long. I've only done a little under 2,000 deliveries, is the fact that there used to be full payment breakdown. It even showed negative. Like if the customer had a big discount, it showed like negative 60-something cents or something take away from the other base fare. Now that people complained and they saw that, they, they took all that away. So every bit of information within reason that these apps can show us they should show us they should show us full upfront fares full transparency where am i going for the merchant for the pickup where am i going for the drop off stop hiding information from me in fact uber lied to me the other day said i was going to one apartment complex and it was actually an apartment complex on the military base versus the one i thought i was going to so the mileage lied the drop off cross-reference lied these apps should not be allowed to do that outside of a glitch but i've been hearing from people in my area that's a very common problem so that's not a glitch that's them manipulating us stop doing that crap so the current independent contractor laws on the books already strengthen those make sure they're held accountable and their feet to the fire when traditional independent contractor 
the company plays scurry games, they get fined. They have to pay penalties to the contractor and the government. Hold these companies accountable and hold their feet to the fire. If they screw us, they got to pay. So, but so, like you, you want go ahead. I, I, you know, look, uh, the, you know, the one in Denver by Stephanie, right? They mm -hmm. killed that, right? That that was as clean as like, that was as clean as a build that you could ever have without pay hikes, without any other stuff. And I know they killed it. Why do you think they killed it? They because claim they like it was because of the fact that there's two reasons. The deactivation part, which was pennies, by the way, it, it cost yeah. the customer less than a nickel per transaction. Yeah. And then the other part of it was they'd have to admit that it's a bid for service and they have to be open and transparent, which they don't want to do. Well, you can't have the cake and eat it too, man. I mean, I don't know. You don't want to do oh, that. Oh, crap, we can't. We can't. So, so. We can't. I think they can, they can be app, open about it's a bid for service. Okay. As an app, as an app, I don't think they should, did they, look, at the moment, they're having the cake and eat it too. And I don't think as an app, they should be allowed to do that. And, and the least, the least you all should want is transparency. The least you all would want some sort of unjust deactivation protection that you have a say in front of your peers or some sort of arbitrator or some sort of you know human as opposed to some cut and paste bullshit AI robot yeah. sending garbage within, at within least 30 days. Have, if there is legislation for that without the pay hikes, right? I think you all should be for that kind of legislation. And all we're doing is trying to get this I mean. For all of you, I know Batsoro, you are deactivated, right? Yeah, it took me four were months you, to get back were, when were I was you, wrongfully deactivated. Wrongfully deactivated, right? There you go. So my thing is, look, there is different types of legislation for different types of cities. To me, these companies cannot have the cake and eat it too. Because look, they treat you like an employee, but they want you to be independent contractor most of the time anyway. So my thing is, I think legislation is a good thing just to say, hey man, we're here. We have a voice now. We're like, Tens of millions of people doing this shit, you know, like it or not. But I think at least what they owe you all is transparency, some sort of protections against firing you without any cause. And if it comes, and maybe transparency will increase your earnings anyway. So I don't know. But I'm going with the earnings trend in this country, as far as gig work is concerned, is not being proper. Again, this group is a special group. They all you all are doing the proper things that we say on our channel all the time, multi-app, you know, all this good stuff. But um, that is not the majority, unfortunately. And yeah, we me, are the minority. I, that's I, true. I, I, I sympathize and I understand all of your concerns when it comes to legislation. Trust me, it's gonna take a lot of work to get that done, but I think on in the in, in the long run, I think it will help as opposed to hurt. But I do, I do respect all of your opinions. I understand so, it. I hear you. So maybe there should be an opt-in clause or opt-out clause, like where you'd kind of like earn by time or earn per offer, where the part-timers might want, you know, a guarantee. They have a bottom floor, but allow the rest of us to just be true independent and pick and choose as we please and work as we please within a certain reason because the way they're squeezing now, if you're two minutes off, they will deactivate your butt. And um, they, they really squoze down on that in recent times. Like, so 
I just think that there's a double standard. And the other, only other thing I can think of off the top of my head is it costs Uber and DoorDash a lot of money is they'll send it to the further away restaurant versus the close location. The customer should not be allowed to order from the, the same location, same branded store that's 25 miles away. 15 yeah, I miles orders, max. Yeah, I get those orders all the time. I get those orders 20 miles away. I'm like, bro, there's another one I, right yeah. here. What's the but, point? But that's not on yeah. the fast, on food, fast food orders all the time, and it costs the company's money, but at the same time, customer can also manually pick that. They're like, oh, uh, I like this Taco Bell better than that Taco Bell. Yeah. No, you have yeah. to pick the one that's closest to you, and that's the way it should be. The other thing to the defense <laughs> of these companies, and not too much, but is this. Like, when between Uber and DoorDash, Eats and Rideshare, these two companies did 3 billion orders last quarter. Billion with a B, okay? Yeah. And I honestly sometimes really wonder how the shit works as well as it does anyway. I mean, yeah, if you like Uber, the system is immense. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going like, how the fuck is this work? All this work. And, and, and most of the time without a, too many problems. I mean, look, everybody's problem here for themselves is the end of the world, right? As a person, personally, like if shit goes wrong, I call support, nothing happens. I get it. But I'm kind of wondering that at this scale, could this gig get any better than this without too many problems? And I'm just kind of thinking along the lines of what is proper legislation? That's why I keep saying proper legislation as opposed to just any legislation. Oh, I want to be employee. No, I don't. I personally don't. I don't want to be an employee either. But I also don't want to get squashed, okay? I, I want, as a person, as a human, I want to be heard by a person as opposed to some AI algorithm somewhere. And, you know, maybe the legislation that we should propose initially to start with is Stephanie type of legislation, full transparency, customer knows what I'm making, I know what the customer is paying, Full transparency when it comes to delivery address, none of this hidden bullshit back and forth stuff, and maybe some unjust deactivation protection that I have my say in front of somebody as opposed to, you know, black hole support that these people are. Yeah. But so, I, I maybe that's a good point. Maybe that's a that's a good start um, as far as legislation is concerned. Let's. Uh, I want to uh, get yeah, you like and then I'm going to open it back up to you guys. Uh, to kind of round it out. But I want to get uh, Money Talk with Tristan's perspective on tonight's combo. Welcome to the channel. What do you got to say? Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to start by kind of like analyzing both sides. We have the government and then we have, you know, right here. So as far as the government goes, sometimes they'll put out good meaning legislation and it doesn't always get executed the way it's planned. But I would say, you know, sometimes they put out some good stuff and it works. Sometimes they put out some good stuff and it good stuff and it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, with Rideshare, Uber and Lyft have both stated in their press releases that their intention is to replace us with self-driving cars. Now, you might disagree with whether they can successfully do it or if they'll be able to achieve the cost goals to make that happen. But we're working for companies that have literally already said they want to replace us. And you you can't just skip over that. Right. So the, the thing I kind of want everyone to take a step back and really like consider 
is what is your rideshare exit plan? Even if you want to be a rideshare driver for as long as you can be a rideshare driver, you should have an exit plan that's in your back pocket, whether that means saving up the correct amount of money or getting yep. the right certifications to do a transition. Like I know this job is great, but you have to have that plan baked in because these companies have already said they want to get rid of us. And even if the government creates a law, which I do think we do need to be protected from Uber Lyft. They can take advantage of us. As for how much protection, that's up in the air. But they could come up with something we think looks good on paper and screws us off. And if you don't have that exit plan, we're screwed. So. Great. I, I mean, I, you know, uh, um, Tristan, one thing that uh, I, I honestly doubt that the AVs are going to be coming around anytime too soon. Because if you think unit economics is bad when it comes to DoorDash and Uber and Lyft without owning any of the asset. Okay. They can hardly turn profit without owning any of the asset. They don't own anything. Uber, Uber doesn't own the cars. Uber just rents some servers from Amazon. They have some, you know, 33,000 coders over there. I'm telling you, these cars are expensive. These like 70, 80, $100,000 cars. Yes, by scale, the cars, autonomous vehicle values are going to go down. And look what's happening at Cruise. I, I don't think I'm I'm more concerned about what Uber and Lyft are doing to the driver today than the threat of autonomous vehicles replacing me. Okay, I can address um, that and still talk about autonomous drive like drivers. Even in uh, Arizona, there's there's Waymo. Like even if it's just five cars on the road, that's still yeah. non-humans that you're still competing with. So. Oh, like, I have, there, there's yeah. no doubt. Yeah. So, so yeah. we're not no, being yet, but it's there's a there's a bunch of different things cutting into our profits, including governments stepping into their own kind of like rideshare programs for like uh, low income areas, and that 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 cuts into it as well. That cuts into the demand. If demand is getting cut into, that cuts into surge pricing. So there's all these little things that are are going to add up over time. Yeah, we, we they are, and and you know, no, but if you listen to the companies though, they go. Demand is solid. We'll keep growing demand. You, we pay you less, so we create a bigger marketplace. So you drive more, you'll be busier, and then you'll make more money. That's what they've been saying for a decade. That's what I they said. That's what they said through my, I think, six price cuts since in LA since 2015. When I first started, I had buck twenty-five a mile. This is 2015, and close to forty cents a minute in LA. Before upfront fares in 2022. My rates were cut to 60 cents a mile and 21 cents a minute to do rideshare, down 50%. But Uber at the same time was saying, don't worry about the cuts. You'll be busier. There'll be a lot more demand. You'll be busy. Well, your math doesn't lie. If I'm at buck 20 and 40 and I'm down to 60 and 21, I have to work twice as much to make the same amount of money I was making in 2015. Math, math is math, right? That's what the thing is with these companies that I don't understand, that they have enough PR and sales power to make people agree with themselves that, oh, we're going to cut your rates, but you're going to be busier. I'm like, no, I don't want to be busy. I want to do one order for 30 bucks an hour as opposed to do six orders for five each. I just don't get it. I just don't understand. Focus, focus, shit. But anyway, that's me. So I do agree with you that, um, you know, rider, rider demand is increasing, but it's not increasing as fast as the amount of drivers they're putting on their platform. So it's kind of like an irrelevant point whenever. 100%. Riders are going up. Let me, yeah. I want to ask you guys. No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I, at this, at this one last thing, Pedro, before I go, at this scale, okay, they already have 142 million people on their platform at Uber. They have close to 40 million people on DoorDash. Okay. 
and there could be some overlap i get it between uber Eats and doordash yeah. but at this scale their problem now is not growth anymore because they did that they did the subsidized fantasy land for eight years with vc money you know now they're going for actual money right and in order to go for actual money at their scale they don't really have to squeeze much both sides but they are doing it at the moment all i'm all they have to do now is couple of dimes dirty dimes that they have to make on each trip that's 500 million a quarter that's two billion dollars a year to the bottom line to these companies right but what's happening is that they're going for more and more and more and when as a driver of rideshare or delivery driver i cannot work what they're not getting is that i cannot work for two dollars or three dollars yes you cannot take it but if i don't take it my utilization rate is collapsing. I'm sitting there literally doing nothing because there is not enough orders for me to attain something to eat, okay? I mean, I, I again, drove this weekend. It's in, in LA, which is unheard of, pouring rain. There is absolutely no surge. We had a saying in LA. I mean, I'm seeing, I've seen this market evolve in eight years. We had a saying, when it rains, money pours, period. Because I would love to drive in the rain because most drivers don't. If there is no surge on a Saturday, when it's raining, pouring in LA, where is it going to be surge? New Year's doesn't come by every year, right? So all I'm seeing is the, the degradation of my earnings, the, 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 the trend that's going lower. And this is typical. I get it, what they're going to do, but I think... It's point has come that some sort of resistance is necessary. It's not a strike. Is it what? What is it? What can a driver do uh, other than act like what they want you to act like, which I did the week before? Accept, 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 accept. $230 later, expenses taken out. I'm at $2150. Take my cost out equal to a minimum wage job. If the I don't think the risk that we take driving or delivering is commensurate to the money we're making. I also think that the drivers have very high expectations of what they should earn in this business. I don't think they <laughs> should earn 40 bucks, 30 bucks an hour. And I'm saying this, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail on this one. But I also think at the moment, what we're risking in life and limb and usage and wear and tear on our cars is not equalizing what we're getting paid. And if there is legislation, maybe, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So. Yeah. If you're taking everything, yeah, you're definitely not making good. You're not going to make if you take 20 rides in a row, you're not. It's not the proper way to do it because you're at you're putting yourself at a higher risk because you're doing more work. And yeah. driving is very dangerous and depreciation is a real thing and gas and all that. Yeah. You know? yeah. uh, I want to I want to open it up to each of you guys for uh, about 30 seconds. If you can give me some final thoughts before we let Sergio go. I'll start with Gig Bell Tolls. We'll go to Brian, Bud Soda, Money Talk with Tristan, and we'll end with Robert. So Gig Bell Tolls, give me a, give me 30-second uh, final thoughts, my friend. Well, it's, it's like I said, Sergio, you bring up some good points. And if something does need to be need to happen, I mean, I just I, I hope maybe somebody smarter than me can figure it out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, these, these companies are definitely paying too less for us to take these offers. I see exactly what you're saying. It is... Just maybe, but maybe like some legislation where just maybe stepping in and making the companies pay a certain amount rather than like, like an hourly wage. Maybe that would be better. 
you know, uh, and maybe some, and definitely some deactivation protection for sure. Definitely. You know how many times I've been told I've had like five contract violations saying I hadn't, I didn't deliver somebody's food and which was total bullshit. So I had to prove it and take pictures. I got to take pictures of strangers houses, you know, and I don't want to have to do that, but we have to do that to protect ourselves. Yeah. And, but, I, yeah. but yeah, and having to deal with a robot AI, I, I don't like that either, but, um, you know, just hopefully they can figure something out. Just maybe some, <laughs> I'm in a red state, so hopefully they can, hopefully somebody will go, good in the government can figure it out. But, you know, at the same time, like I said, it'll take somebody smarter than me to figure it out. But uh, that's all I got to say. It was good talking to you, Sergio. Yeah, pleasure to meet you, man. Uh, be safe mm -hmm. out there. Be Stay healthy now. I appreciate it, man. Brian, what about you? Some final thoughts on tonight's combo? Yeah, it, it, it's a complicated issue. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I like what Tristan said about, uh, you know, the exit strategy. Uh, that kind of mm -hmm. goes back to what I said earlier. The, the only constant is change. You know, it, it's it's basically sink or swim. You got to adapt. And for those that can't, maybe that's their way of adapting, just by working for less and less. Uh, I like what Bud Soda said, too, about maybe like a hybrid model, you know, because different drivers are in it for different reasons. You might have somebody that wants or needs to work at full time. They could have an option to go to a certain level uh as you know as well as the people that are just doing it uh you know you know like your girl pedro you know as yeah. a little side thing for some spare money some fun money or yeah you know like uh, my daughter's in college so that's a big uh primary driver for me is uh we, we have an extra expense now so the extra money comes in handy but um if it dries up if it blows away in a wind i'm gonna find something else you know there is a lot out there you just got to open your mind um know yourself know your worth know your talents you know yeah. what what you guys say i mean it's just it it's a blessing to so many people guys thank you so much for doing what you do um i i'm i'm super thankful and everybody on the panel too everybody that contributes jumps on your uh your stream yards you know um it, it's just so incredibly valuable to our audience and i'll do everything i can to help i'm here for y'all Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Much appreciated, man. I mean, I again, you, be brother. safe. Stay safe out there. You know, one thing I'm actually seeing here is a vast difference between our community and your community, Pedro. What's that? Um, most rideshare drivers don't do food delivery, and most food delivery drivers don't do rideshare, right? And the 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 sentiment is so different between yours and my community. Like tomorrow, if I say to my 175,000 subs, okay, let's go burn a city hall, they'd be like, okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are more like chill and you guys are more like hold on a second hold on i got something good going here i don't want to mess don't, don't mess with it and i respect it i fully understand it you're and, right and yeah. you know we don't want to cut anybody's meals short trust me that's not the concern here but uh no i see it i see it now i see the difference and actually this was good that i showed up here today so no no i'm really glad good. i'm glad i'm definitely glad you did this i think you've been on here this is probably your third time it's always it's always a great combo. Yeah, um, I no, so this was really good. This is awesome. So yeah. But Soda, you're next, my friend. What what do you got? Some final comments. So this is the uniqueness of my market is um rideshare. Yeah, they do primary rideshare, but they also dabble in the food delivery. And then a lot of the food delivery drivers, you know, some uh, most of them still dabble in a little bit of rideshare. Um, me, I refuse to do rideshare at all. There's too much liability, too much risk. And uh, the pay model is terrible here. Like, 
Um, I have a friend who's very successful at it. The algorithm grabbed a hold of him because he'll do, he'll go to hospitals and he'll go to the airports and he makes money that way. But he also picks up a bunch of clientele that way. Personal clientele is the way to build it. And that protection, you know, cause every app is actually has a TOS line that says we're not supposed to do those things, but the law says we're supposed to. So if those laws can be upheld and strengthened that we've had on the book since God forever, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. That's when most of the legislation came through, some in the 90s. So the stuff that's been around for decades or half a century, if those could be improved on and strengthened with a little bit of transparency and protection for us on the activation level, you know, just to have a simple steps that we could talk to real people within a timeline. And if we could do those things, that'd be great. I don't even care about the guaranteed wages at all. I think it's a terrible thing. Sorry. Okay. Um, I'd rather just pick and choose the best gig for me, whatever the best bid for my services, tipped or not, like roadie today, $31 deliver a dang pair of jeans. <laughs> so whatever's okay. the best for me is what I want to do. And okay. well, I just think that most people just want a guaranteed wage because they don't put forth the effort or don't have the knowledge to do this kind of work. And yeah. I should, I in the panel here, people of my mindset who are business mindset shouldn't be punished for that, but go ahead. <clears throat> okay, no, I, I, no, actually, another thing I want to make sure you guys understand is none of this legislation that's happening around the country, in Minneapolis and Chicago and in Boston, um, has anything to do with delivery drivers. Delivery drivers are not even included in this whatsoever. Okay, just like in Seattle, the Seattle City Council is just now coming around helping the Seattle delivery couriers. This was only for rideshare drivers, and the, all the legislation at the moment is for rideshare drivers in these cities. It has nothing to do with couriers, period, whatsoever. Now, if you're multi-apping, you're doing rideshare and delivery, yeah, you you may benefit some on the, on the rideshare end. So it seems like a lot of cities adapt these regulations or legislation for rideshare drivers first. And then when time comes, you know, like it was three years, literally it was a month ago that Seattle City Council started looking for the couriers as well. So I wouldn't panic too much about legislation for this community, for the delivery community, for the courier community. So let's make make sure we understand that that, you know, uh, initially, most of this is going to be for specifically rideshare drivers. So. Well, Sergio, you said it earlier, uh, before we get to Tristan next, it's because the rideshare community is ready to go and storm the castle. Well, I'm you telling know. you, rideshare community <laughs> drives a lot more miles. They yeah. put a lot more, you know, and look, it's a completely different yeah. business for the rideshare driver uh, versus I, the delivery driver. You can do delivery. I do a ton of community. miles, but I can, yeah, I as a delivery courier, I can stack. Yeah. As, I mean, you, as a rideshare, I'm saying, yeah. all I'm saying is that you can do like with a 20 year old car with a beater, you can do deliveries. Nobody cares, right? But right. in rideshare, your investment is so much higher, but the return is not there, right? So ROI is horrible in rideshare at the moment, and it's been horrible, but it's getting worse. So Tristan does rideshare and he understands what I'm saying. But, you know, you can also do uh, deliveries on a scooter or an e bike or an e scooter, whatever it is. Your costs are much different. The, the levels of cost structure yeah. is completely different. It's a different yeah. business. But that's, I think, you guys should understand that the community that complaining more is the rideshare drivers as opposed to the delivery drivers. You guys have it decent, you know. Like, you know, Fair you can point. do 
on a bike for god's sake get some exercise too so you know it, it doesn't involve delivery at all at the moment so you guys know. yeah i just think it's the slippery slope theory and we have to be careful but all right i'm out <clears throat> thanks guys Kristen, what are your final thoughts my friend my final thoughts are uh, be safe after. that um you know, drivers should just be prepared for whichever way it might go. You need to be prepared. I think we should uh, be focusing on paying off our cars. You know, if something happens to our cars, we're not rolling over neg negative equity into the brand new car. We shouldn't be buying. Please buy used if you get a new car and um, you know, build up your emergency fund. Start start thinking about, you know, mm -hmm. what do you want your life to look like if the worst case scenario were to happen to you? That's That's really what I want you guys to focus on. Like always focus first on the things you have direct control over, which is how you run your personal household, how you manage your finances. And then yep. if you want to go and strike, once you have those things in order, go ahead and do that. Just make sure your family comes first. Yeah, I say that a lot, Tristan. I talk about like that, kind of that personal responsibility, financial literacy, making sure we're making the right decisions while we're doing gig work. But even the decisions you make outside of when you're trying to make money, right, can make your gig money better. Right. So having that that mindset of of financial literacy, super, super important. Appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Uh, Rob, Robert, are you still with us? You got some final thoughts? I think he muted. Uh, I'll go to Slavic. Slavic, you want to give us some final thoughts? Uh, yes, there's a couple things during the conversation that I wanted to add. First of all, guys, be appreciative that somebody's out there actually thinking about this and coming up with ideas with how to make this uh, a change. Uh, how that's going to play out right now you have a person that you guys can actually go back to you can talk to and plan out uh put put, put it to the paper until it's good in the paper have them called off uh moving forward with it uh i remember in 2015 i got approached from somebody out of california and said hey can you actually look into doordash and uh, lift at the time i actually even went driving i to investigate it back then people were complaining about the uh, the price after looking at the possibility of strikes and a couple of various different options, I said, hey, guys, I have the money. Let's build an app. I couldn't find an insurance. I said, hey, guys, why every single one of you go out and actually get your own insurance, taxi insurance, which at that time was $3,000 in, in Florida for a whole year. Now you're officially able to go and have customers in your vehicle. I provide you an app. I only uh, charge... Uh, I think that point was like 5% that was uh, to charge to maintain the app. Or, no, it was $100 for a month, and you get to have as many customers as you want. You can put your own customer, transfer your own customer, and run it. So, guys, after running that app for three months, having multiple chargebacks because I did not have enough of drivers to handle the customers, I eventually had my account shut down, uh, my merchant account. I had it to shut everything down. The reason was, because drivers wanted me to provide insurance that I couldn't provide because uh, Uber and Lyft controlled that market. So, guys, when there's somebody out there that actually put in their, their uh, knack for it, do something about it. Here's another part. We, we, I heard some of you guys discussing, are we employees? Are we contractors? And I remembered, uh, I don't know, 20 years ago when I was doing carpet. And I would pull up to Home Depot. Even today, you guys pull up to Home Depot. Home Depot says, hey, we have a job for you. Do you really have a choice other than saying, hey, no, I'm not interested in that? They Every every business that actually has some kind of, they control the price. You either take it or you're not taking it. Same thing we do in, uh, right now with DoorDash and other apps. 
you either take it that. So unless they start forcing these things down your throat, you are still a contractor. And respect it, learn what a contractor is, and be appreciative that actually you have an option. Because if you guys not going to appreciate it, you know, something that somebody told me about a week ago, I got closed out out of my travel business because I uh, broke the terms of conditions. And I called up a guy that's been with the company for 10 years. I said, hey, guys, uh, Todd, what can I do? And Todd said, hey, you were not appreciative. So right now you're out. And I'm like, so what do I do? And he's like, wait six months and get back in. <laughs> so, guys, if you guys are not going to appreciate it, it will be taken away for you. So protect what you guys have. When somebody is out there to help you, appreciate it. Get together with the guy. Put together something on paper and see if it sticks. Looks like it's stuck in Seattle. Looks like it got stuck in New York. Why it shouldn't stick in your market? Here's the other thing is, as a contractor, you have a right to negotiate. But I can tell you, if you try to call Uber and say, hey, I want five bucks per mile or whatever, they're not going to talk to you. But this guy figured out a way or somebody figured out a way how to bring them to the table and talk to you. So at least be appreciated for that. That's fair. I like that. Robert, some final thoughts, my friend. Oh, hold on. Let me, I think you're muted, Robert. Uh, hold on. Okay, there you go. Good. Go ahead. There we go. Yeah, I, I liked uh, what, what every, the last uh, uh, people uh, had to say, Slavic. I totally agree. Uh, we have to be appreciative of this. Just the other day, somebody told me, like, Robert, you're so lucky, man. You can just click that app on when you're traveling to Chicago, when you're doing your, your silly little road trips. And I'm like, you know what? That's awesome. And you can just take a four-day vacation. We have to appreciate that. We are contractors, maybe a hybrid contractor. Maybe, yeah. So I am working a nine-to-five but maybe I work till seven, maybe I work 11 to seven. So yeah, we are sort of shift workers, but if we're just not feeling it, turn the app off. And yes, I think there needs to be some sort of legislation, especially for the small markets where maybe it's like $10 an hour that they're getting paid and, and they're, they're losing money. Yeah. But I think that for the most part, for the job that we're doing, it's so easy and it doesn't take hardly any skill. You got to be, you have to be nice. Don't stick your phone in their faces and be polite and park legally and just be a, a good worker like your parents taught you. So that's all I have to say. Thank you so much uh, for having me. Yeah. Thank you, Robert. Be safe, man. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm the more I, the more I watch this, Pedro, the more I'm, the differences are so stark to me now between like your community and ours is that they are the dem first of all the demographic is completely different much younger crowd um more uh you know um free freelance attitudes kind of a thing right ride share is completely different like more older drivers um more uh, a lot of retirees a lot of uh, people who are supplementing their um you know retirement income or social security yeah. And um, yeah, completely different, completely different mindset. Right. And um, yeah, I, I actually appreciate this. You know, it gives me like a really great overview of um, 
maybe what each community separately wants right yeah. and and respect i mean i i i was like okay well you know yeah but yeah definitely everything is different about um delivery or couriers versus rideshare drivers um, yeah. from it's, their habits to hours to the risks they take and whatever no it's it's different work and and similar but also different backgrounds and i think you know it's it's that's why we're looking at legislation i think differently and uh, Sergio, I appreciate wow. you. Food, look, man, food cannot throw up in your car. No. Okay? <laughs> food, cannot, yes. food cannot stab you. <laughs> food cannot carjack you. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, I mean, hey, I was like, you know, the worst is you're going to smell garlic in the car for a little bit. I mean, other than that, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what's the point, right? And, uh, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, that's cool. No, this was yeah. very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate all you guys for coming on. And I Sergio, appreciate all the, so, so just a quick thing behind the scenes, guys, Sergio's like, yeah, I think I got 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Sergio's been on for two and a half hours. So it's well worth it, bro. It's well worth it. I don't do too many of these things, but it's well worth it for me to learn because I'm learning every day. Right. Well, we when got you have a community of hundreds of thousands and you just listen and you listen and you learn and, you know, and, and, you know, I'm old, but I'm learning, you know, and uh, the demands are different. You can't go by just saying highway, my way or the highway. It doesn't work. I yeah. personally believe I'm not being treated as a true independent contractor. I personally believe I'm misclassified, again, personally speaking, uh, because I don't think just turning the app on or off when I want makes me an independent contractor or declining a few orders, because even if you do decline, I mean, there are repercussions. Like if I decline too many and ride share, they're going to throttle me. I can tell I'm being throttled. They don't admit it, but they won't send me any ride share trips in the middle of LA or Russia. Or I'm like, how the hell is that possible? Yeah, right. <laughs> right? So the relationship is not a true you know, relationship. But no, I, I learned a lot tonight. That's why I stayed. Um, I think this is awesome. This is awesome. Yeah. Great. I yeah, hope, uh, Sergio, I hope what you picked up, you can translate that with your connections. We're working you know, a lot, bro. I'm the telling you. And the companies. Yeah, I no, mean, we're, yeah. we're we're doing a lot of good. I, I'm so proud. Yeah. I seriously am. I mean, I don't You're need to You're a beast, do it, brother. You're a beast, man. I'm Thank so, you so proud much. of what's going on. And, uh, we're proud of you as well. You know, Pedro, maybe DoorDash will hire you. <laughs> Listen, you <laughs> and, then, and then Uber will hire me. And then... Uh, and then we get we get to go out and pick our own team of ten. Listen, I tell and you we'll what, fix this shit I, right up. If DoorDash <laughs> smart, if DoorDash was smart, and and they might see this, they should fucking hire me because I could help them tremendously. But they want, they don't want the realness. That's the problem. But listen, I do it. I do it. For free. DoorDash. Oh, no, 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 free, no free, no freebies in this world. There's no freebies. No. I say this publicly. I, I will consult DoorDash for free for one year. You're a fool, bro. No, I'm not. He's got love for the people. That's why he's sharing his love. For for the the people. People. Yeah, it could be good. Look, it could be for the people, but it, you know, free is you know, you know. No. Oh, anyway, when you get there, you let me know. I'll be your agent. I'll figure that out. For you. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. I appreciate y'all. Have a great rest of Sunday. I appreciate everybody that spent all this time with us on the panel. I'm going to close the show out and talk to the chat. You guys have a great rest of the night. Thank you very much. All right. Be all safe. Thanks. Man. Talk to you later, Sergio. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. So, great show. And I appreciate everybody in the chat. Appreciate the super chats. Appreciate the fellow content creators that are in the chat. 
I saw a lot of you guys um, really liked having uh, Tristan on here. I don't think I think that was his first time. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, the other panelists, I'm pretty sure they've all been on. Maybe Robert. Yeah, it was it was first first time too. But he's I know Robert. So um, great group of guys. You know, um, pretty easy debate, fun debate. Nothing fiery. We shouldn't be yelling and screaming, right? Because we're all here to learn, listen, share ideas, share perspective. We can agree. We can disagree. That's okay. We do not all have to get along. We don't have to like each other, but we can listen. You notice what, what, what I like about this channel, and I've, ha I've had people on the channel before where we yell and scream. That's okay, too. Nothing wrong with that. But what I like what we can do tonight is everybody listen. We, we listen. We took our turn. We share perspective. We agree. We disagree, right? And, and we, can, we can learn something, right? Somebody else's perspective. Nobody knows it all. I don't know at all about rideshare, about food delivery. Sergio doesn't know everything, right? But we can do enough research. We can do enough connection. We can have live streams. We could talk to politicians, lawmakers, company men. And we can at least sit at the table, as Sergio was saying, and have dialogue. Nothing bad comes from that, right? Now, while I am, I don't want legislation. My mind isn't changed tonight. But I can understand in a better way why some might want to sit at a table. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'll sit at a table with anybody. DoorDash, Uber, Dara, Tony, Joe Biden. I will sit at any fucking table with anybody to have my voice heard or to listen to them. I, if you notice tonight, I like to listen more than talk because I want to learn. Right? I like to surround myself and we should all want to surround ourselves with smart people. People that know things that we don't know so we can acquire education acquire knowledge and be better individuals, better gig workers, better rideshare, better dads, better moms. That stuff is extremely important. I talk about on this channel about responsible, personal responsibility a lot in the gig space and out of it. I believe that to be true. And I think we need more of that, right? That's why I'm like, I don't want somebody doing something for me. I don't want, I don't want to vote for it, you know, but that's just me. Maybe I'm very selfish in that regard. And Sergio comes on and say, Hey, I'm worried about the next drivers down the line. Sergio knows he's going to be okay. He's got other ways to make money. He's going to be fine. But he's concerned for the people that aren't making it because he sees that there is people are taking advantage of. And I get that. That's clear, clear as day that's that's happening, right? Um, great conversation. Do we solve any problems? Absolutely not. But I'm glad I could give you guys this space tonight, this two and a half hours to share your opinions in the chat, come on the live panel, ask questions, listen. We have two devices that listen and one that speaks. We should all listen a little more, right? Um, really good, really good live stream tonight. You know, and once again, I'll, I'll end by saying this. Um, I'm not personally worried about 2024 and any impending legislation, doom and gloom. We're going to be employees. We are not going to be employees in 2024. I feel very strong. I'm going to stand on that hill. Now, things could happen, and maybe next week I'm like, hold up, guys. Something just happened. Maybe I'm not concerned. I think mostly the apps that we work are going to be very similar. The opportunities are going to be similar. It's up to you and I to navigate this new realm. Every year, things change and adapt, and the apps lower base pay. they Less surge, less this, less that. It fucking sucks. I get it. But I always feel like you and I can... We could do more for ourselves based on how we adapt and how we strategize and how we refocus, how we self-motivate than anybody else can do for us. And that's how I look at it. I'm not worried about 2024. 
I understand why some people will, because maybe your earnings are down. Maybe you are struggling, right? Um, I don't look at the apps in that regard. At least that's not my experience. And while I might have a bad week and you have a bad week, you have a good week. These deliveries and these ride shares are so moment to moment. And too many of us, I think, are focused on what we're doing in the moment. And we're not thinking about, well, what did I do last week that I could do better now? And then, okay, I'm going to take that knowledge into next week. So I don't feel like this in this moment right now. It sucks. I got this passenger in my car. I, got, I did a $2 order because I thought I had to for whatever reason. I made a mistake at the merchant. Take that information, learn from it, and grow. A lot of us are just worried about that one delivery, this one delivery, this bad GPS navigation, this glitch in the app, this bad customer. Those things will always pass. You can control how you react to the things that happen to you. A lot of us are focused on what's happening, what's happening, what's happening. We're too reactive in the moment and we're not ready to face the future. Let's focus on the future. Focus on things you can control. Focus on your financials. Focus on your adapting, your strategies, all those things. You have control over all that stuff. And we can say, hey, the app controls me. I don't have any control. I have to work here. I don't have freedom and flexibility. Those things might be true for you, but you can still do certain things within that vacuum to make your outcome better the next day, the next week, or in 2025. I talk a lot about what can you do? What can you learn from your decisions in 2023 so that 2024 is better? I believe that. I've learned a lot about some things I've done in 2023. I'm not going to make those same mistakes in 2024. So I'll be better. So that when I get to 2025, I'm sitting in a better place, feeling more sound, feeling more financially secure. That's what I'm going to focus on. Right? Appreciate that, Sergio. Sergio just said, thanks, Pedro. Send me a text. So I appreciate y'all very much. Let me give some final shout outs to the people in the chat. A lot of you guys have been here for a couple of hours. Appreciate that. Um, Johnny Kneecap, Driving with Chris, Slavic, Philip, Party Gig, Kevin, um, KG, Uber GPZ. Appreciate you hanging out tonight, man. Digging Deep Podcasts and Vlogs, Fatah, uh, Charlie, KG, uh, Shinobi, uh, The Gig Guy. Appreciate you. Part Gig, Thomas, um, Jay Spear. Um, the chat was fun tonight. I love, I love the banter. I like you guys keep it respectful. You keep it clean. You know, every, you know, I didn't see nobody get timed out. Like it was, it was a good place to be. And I always hope to give you guys a good place to end your week. And then we're starting a new week. Just basically now, if you're on, I mean, it's almost midnight and if you're on the East coast, it's already easy. If you're West coast, got a couple hours before it's a new day. I always love that we could do this every Sunday. And I appreciate all of you guys that do that. Um, I'll see you guys tomorrow with a video. We're supposed to get some bad weather in St. Louis. So if the I, if the roads are really bad, I will not go out because I do not recommend compromising your 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 vehicle, your 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 health for a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. I don't care if you make five hundred bucks. If the roads are icy, and I'm going down the side road and I run into somebody's car, it, no amount of money is going to replace that accident or whatever, right? So if you're somewhere where the conditions aren't good, please don't work. And if you feel like you have to for whatever reason. Figure out what you got to do to not put yourself in that position to compromise your vehicle and your safety. So I'll only go out tomorrow if the roads aren't as bad as they say. If not, I'll take a day off. But either way, you're going to see me on a video tomorrow. Appreciate y'all. Hit the thumbs up on the way out. Appreciate all the super chats. Y'all stay safe. If you're out, be safe. Make good money. See you guys next week.